Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> uh, a little technical difficulty here. So uh, I've noticed I, I uh, actually prepared a show uh, uh, interview for later on. It's a, it's a hurricane preparedness thing, but I don't see it on my list here. I don't see it on my list at all. So this is so where did it go? He's <laughs> just like, uh oh. All right, I'm gonna try something here that I don't know if this is gonna work or not. I'm going to reset the screen uh, and see. Hopefully, I won't lose the show, but hopefully, I will gain um, a um, uh, a view. Hold on. Let's see what. I, here we go. Everybody still there? <laughs> hopefully, everybody's still there. Let's see if I can find my interview now. Some of these little things that makes life so exciting. And I was so casual, too. I thought, this is great. I got everything organized. You know, it's only me today. Um, and so we got, actually, now we have Wendy. Um, it's not there. Where is it? I know it went through. Well, that's no fun. I'm not going to find it. I might play another interview. We'll see what happens. This is crazy. Uh, wait a minute. Nope. There it is. It's way down. I found it. It's not in the right place. How did it get way down there? Huh. Now I'm curious. I'll have to, I'll have to reset. At least I found it. Okay, so that's the good news. All right, so now we can go. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, so we've got Wendy Arthur at the bottom of the hour. And after that, it's just me. Well, actually, I've got to, um, I thought it'd be interesting to play our, our hurricane preparedness show from WEBY um, back in June of 18. Um, June of 2018, because actually June 18th, 2018, it's kind of funny, um, because we're coming up to hurricane season again, and it'll, it starts, I think it's uh, June through November, if I remember, or is it July through November? Anyway, it really doesn't get going, uh, you know, until like late August, uh, is when you start to really start watching the weather. Um, but uh, September and October seem to be the worst months uh, for hurricanes, and by the time November comes around, it's not so bad. So we're gonna, I'm going to play that a little bit later on. At least I found it. It's, like I said, it's in the wrong place. How do I go way down there? That's weird. Yeah, I'm going to have to resort. I guess it, 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 I guess it didn't get sorted properly, so, but at least it's there. <laughs> That's the main thing. And the fact that I restarted the show, and it's, and it's still here, too. Refresh the screen, and that's still working. So uh, uh, maybe that's what made it pop up. Who knows? Anyway, the point is that I can keep going. All right. Now on to the main topic. Uh, the title of the show, Action Radio PSYOP, Admitting the Stolen Election in Brandon's Talking Points. So this really amusing thought occurred to me last night. And thinking to myself, wouldn't it be funny? You know, see, the Republicans, they're, they're, so, they're such idiots. Um, and they, they don't try anything interesting. They have no creativity. They have no imagination whatsoever. At least the Democrats are interesting. You know, they're, they're terrorists. They're, they're dangerous. They're Marxists. They're totalitarians. They want a dictatorship. They want to create gulags. But they are interesting because they do stuff. They do stuff that's creative. They stole the election. You think the Republicans could steal the election? No. You know, so it's a good thing. I mean, it's illegal. So, I mean, it's a good thing they don't try. But even if, even if they could, they wouldn't because they couldn't. Even, you know, even if they wanted to, they couldn't. That's probably a better way to phrase it because the, because they're basically incompetent idiots. Uh, they are the loser party. They are conditioned to be losers. They're like, um, what is that psychological condition where you have an abused partner and they can't leave? They're, they're, they're psychologically dependent. They're so beaten down. That uh, and it's really a dangerous condition because you know someone will subject themselves to further violence uh, and say, "Oh, I can't leave." You know, you know, like the woman that says, "He's really a nice guy most of the time." Well, except when you know. So the Republicans are kind of like that. 
the Republicans are kind of suffering from this this abused uh, spouse or abused partner syndrome, where they're they're beaten down constantly. They're always humiliated. Uh, they never they they're in a position they they don't feel like they can fight back, except for a few of them. Uh, majority of them don't. And so what they do is they then they go into the what, what we call the Stockholm syndrome, where they love their captors. Well, I really want to be like the Democrats. You know, in fact, if the Republicans were more like the Democrats, we'd be nicer people and they'd like us. You know, that was John McCain. Uh, was was in the Stockholm syndrome, and of course, I, I don't mean to reference him because he was in the Hanoi Hilton and suffered as a prisoner of war. No, but because the Republicans in general, if you look at this psychologically, um, they do. They are they are suffering from both, uh, you know, battered um, partner spouse syndrome uh, and Stockholm at the same time, and that's why they can't do anything. They have never, you know, en masse, uh claimed the truth that the election was stolen. They don't do it. Well, only somebody who's beaten down would, 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 would subject themselves to that. Do you think if the Republicans stole the election for a second, the Democrats wouldn't hesitate to point it out every single day on the news, 24-7, uh, until the, the results were changed? You know, or as they would say, corrected? Of course they would. And you hear this all the time. Well, if this happened to the Democrats, they do this. And the mere fact that you say that proves that the Republicans aren't doing enough. What we really need is for people to say, well, if this happened to the Republicans, well, they'd, you know, they'd cause riots in the streets and whatever. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do riots in the streets, but you have to do something. You know, where's the ring around the D.C. gulag every night? Where's the press conference every night from the D.C. gulag? Every single night. You know, Ted Koppel um, did that with, uh, with Nightline. And every single day, he said this is day 400 and what, I think it's 444 total days that Iran was holding our, our folks hostage. And, of course, there was that horrible rescue attempt by Jimmy Carter. You'd think he'd know better being a commander of a nuclear sub, which I sort of wonder how good a commander he was of a nuclear sub if he couldn't even do a, a rescue uh, of hostages. And the guy had, uh, you know, 100 missiles, 100 warheads on board his submarine. Interesting, huh? Things to think about. So anyway, so I thought it'd be really interesting. And I thought it'd be really fun. And in my mischievous little way, if we had some kind of Republican operative, I should talk to Mike Flynn about this. If I ever get General Mike Flynn on the show, this is the first thing I'm going to tell him. I say, dude, General Dude, <laughs> General Dude, we, we, we need a plan. And we need a way to get to uh, replace Brandon's talking points. This is my plan, all right? So my plan is to replace Brandon's talking points uh, with a confession. You know, and somewhere in the middle of the mega Republicans are evil, and I stole the election, and the deep state's responsible. It was a coup, and everything that the conservatives, conspiracy theorists say is true. Mega Republicans are a great thing. America is great. I don't want America great. I want America to suck. Make America suck. That's my policy. And I, I just put that right in the talking point. So, Brandon, okay, so what we need to do now, Chris, you know, you'd think the Republicans would have some educated, intelligent hackers that could hack into, I don't know, can you hack into a teleprompter? I don't know. But this is the kind of thing to do. Now, you'll notice I'm not talking about uh, this bogus Trump lawsuit, you know, where it's in New York. So, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't count because it's in New York. Um, but what would be the correct PSYOP? operation to uh to demoralize the democrats well you need a judge or two or three or six or ten that automatically you know uh, reverse anything that a liberal court does to donald trump where are they what's we need oh we got to follow procedure we got to go through the no see these are bogus cases they're only designed to stop trump from running because they know he's going to upset their their little special deals and all their perks and all their privileges and all their money and they're probably uh, underage uh, women that they're keeping. <laughs> you know, I mean, who knows what these, the deep state's doing? Because huh? they don't care. That's what happens with the arrogance of power. Why is it the billionaires, you know, are, are pedophiles? <laughs> because they can, <laughs> you know, because they're exempt. They're better than us. They have their own set of, of uh, lawyers and judges, and uh, they're taken care of. All right? You do that. Of course, most normal people don't do that. Well, in fact, all normal people don't do that. 
some of the crazy psychopaths, the, the, the you know, Chris, et cetera, that do that kind of stuff. But the point is that there's a certain class of people that can do it and get away with it. So what I decided um, this morning as I was looking into this and thinking about it, that really everything is a PSYOP. And so I'm going to make PSYOP my new response to when someone says conspiracy theory. Well, that's just a PSYOP. You're just engaging in a PSYOP. So in other words, we counter something that someone says that's designed to elicit a particular response with something else that's even better that's designed to elicit an even better response. And that would be PSYOP. Well, that's just a conspiracy theory. Well, you're just engaging in a PSYOP. A what? What do you mean you don't know? What's your problem? Boy, you're ignorant, aren't you? So you can use it against them. So when anyone says to you, that's a conspiracy theory, your response is, well, you're just engaging in a PSYOP. What's that? That's a psychological operation. It means you're making stuff up. It's not true. You're just saying that, you know, as, as part of a, psycholo- a psychological warfare. You know, it's kind of insulting of you not to engage in a, in, a, in a regular conversation. I mean, you can take it anywhere, all right? So, so I'm giving you rhetorical warfare points. This is Sun Tzu. Right? Sun Tzu, you're one of my heroes. Sun Tzu and Bruce Lee, right? Be the river, not the rock. Never, never approach a conflict directly. Always come in at an angle. Always do a flanking maneuver. So you notice everything that I do at Action Radio uh, in terms of legislation is a flanking maneuver. You know, how do I uh, – uh, the response for illegal aliens, most people think, is to send in the ice with the, the guns and break down the door and arrest them, round them up, and send them home. No! No, that's just, that's, that's, that gives the left to me uh, talking points and, and visuals. No. So what's the flanking maneuver? Civil asset forfeiture. You simply go on a computer and you take their stuff. And, and millions of people will leave. So, so there's actually no visibility. So because it's all done by computer, no one would ever see it. You can't put that on the news. Ten million illegal aliens had all their assets seized uh, as a way to remove them from the United States. But you see them go. <laughs> you see them at the border. Bye. <laughs> you know, no, no mas USA. <laughs> You know, on the way out the door, right? Um, but that's how you do it. So flanking maneuvers. We have everything as a flanking maneuver. Um, the way to stop all the problems in Congress with them borrowing is a constitutional amendment. Take away the power to borrow. Well, they're not expecting that. It's a flanking maneuver. They're thinking, well, we'll have to cut spending. We'll give a little bit here. We'll give a little there. We'll raise the debt. Sit. No, it's a bunch of BS. It doesn't work. All right? So flanking maneuver. Everything's a flanking maneuver. Um, my favorite one is civil asset forfeiture for illegal aliens. There's another one. Another one of my big things um, that I'm thinking of. Uh, of how to do stuff, but that, that's the biggest one. There's, uh, there's another, um, I'll think about it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't plan to talk about this, but that's the whole idea. So in other words, everything's a PSYOP. And so we need to find somebody that's really good. I'm going to talk to some people, some friends of mine in Washington. I know people, right? Uh, it's radio, I get to know people. And so I, I, uh, uh, I want to see if we can actually do this. I want to see if it's possible. So I need to talk to, uh, um, <laughs> what am I, you know, I, I don't even know if I should say this. I wonder if my, my congressman, uh, you know, Matt Gates can direct me to somebody that can actually do this. So he'll have plausible deniability. Well, Greg, I have no response and I am not involved in this in any way. But if you talk to this person off the record, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Wouldn't it be kind of fun? So if anybody wants to get in touch with me, who's a, a, a GOP conservative, America first, you know, Republican operative, uh, who wants to actually engage in this and replace Brandon's talking points. And, and that could be as simple as, uh, you know, uh, bribing a White House staff member, you know, or, or someone that does disillusion with Brandon. Anyway, apparently the University of Georgia uh, has turned down an invitation to go to the White House, which is really good. Why would you go? There's no president. <laughs> so what's the point? That's what they should have said. We would go if there was actually a legal president there. But since we have Brandon, who's occupying the space, you know, the puppet, uh, he, the voice of Obama, you know, what's the point of going? But they don't say that. See, that would be a great PSYOP, right? So again, PSYOP is short for psychological operation. It's a military term. Military does this all the time. Where, where do you think I learned it from? You know, I'll tell you a good PSYOP. Uh, the best one was the, the, the real 
the misinformation, not disinformation, disinformation, I'm going to put that down. Disinformation is a psyop, by the way. In other words, telling you that what you're telling you that the truth that you're saying is actually disinformation. You have to believe the lies that we're saying because they're true. That is a psychological operation. So disinformation is psyop, right? You say that, you know, and in fact, psyop is my new favorite word. I'm going to be using it a lot. So when they say, well, the disinformation bureau, you mean the psyop bureau? You know, and psyop, see, see the, the, the beauty of the word psyop is it's very short. See, the left is brilliant, and I, I give them credit for this, even though I despise what, that they do it. Because they, they'll take something and, and make it as short as possible, you know, gun control. You know, two words, very short, very easy to say, three syllables, gun control. And you think it's okay, but it's not. It's really unconstitutional violation of our Second Amendment. But that's too long. We need to find a really good term that's like three syllables long that opposes gun control. And what we should call it is, uh, you know, government suicide. Even that's too long. We need to think, I'll think of something. I need to, and, and this has been puzzling me, but that's one of those terms. Climate change. There's another one. That's a psyop because you know it's not true. All it is, is is a way to get rid of single-family homes, single-family cars, to regulate your energy with a smart meter, to put you in a 15-minute city, to completely control your life, all for something that's completely bogus. There is no man-made climate change destroying the earth. Actually, the, the man-made change is putting the CO2 back in the atmosphere where it's critically needed for plants. We're actually replacing the carbon by burning organic fuels. We're not, we're not harming the environment. We're, we're, we're you know, rescuing it. So, which brings about another PSYOP. <laughs> okay, so another PSYOP would be um, it's the, uh, we need to have uh, like the, the Committee for Growth or some of these. How about Heritage Foundation? Let's get them off their butts and do something useful for a change. All right. So let's get Heritage off their butt. They've got millions of dollars. They could do, you know, uh, climate save. And say, oh, I like that. Climate save instead of climate change. Oh, this is a good psyop. Climate save instead. Uh, not insect. Ins- I'm, t- I'm tapping around my microphone. It's always dangerous. Instead of climate change. So what's climate safe? Climate safe is when you put as much CO2 back into the atmosphere as possible so the plants have the maximum amount to breathe. So we put carbon into the plants where it belongs and then the plants can uh, you know, feed us and put ap- oxygen back in the atmosphere. And then when they die, they make more oil for us, <laughs> locking up the carbon dioxide that they have. And then of course we get to burn it again as oil later on. Isn't this a great cycle? So if you start with carbon dioxide, Add water vapor, sunlight, chlorophyll, photosynthesis. You know, you put the carbon dioxide, the water vapor uh, into the plants. You know, they expel oxygen and they turn it into energy, ATP, adenine triphosphate. You know, and then they make energy and then they grow big and green. Oh, by the way, does anybody know why plants are green? This is kind of interesting. Plants are green because it's the least efficient light frequency um, for photosynthesis. That's why plants are green. Okay, so all the plants collectively are, are radiating a, a fairly similar green, depending on where they are. It's probably darker green, closer to the equator, lighter green you know, up, uh, up north, but green, you know, that's why there are deciduous trees with big wide leaves and, and conifers with narrow needles, you know, depending on sunlight and things like that. I mean, it's energy and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, there's a reason for everything uh, in the environment, but plants are green because green is the least efficient uh, light frequency for, for uh, photosynthesis. So what does that mean? Well, that means that plants are absorbing all the other light frequencies. All the other ones are useful from infrared to ultraviolet and everything except green. <laughs> that's why plants are green. It's fascinating, okay? So anyway, so what we need is climate safe. So I'm going to start a climate safe. I'm going to write that, climate safe. You guys like that? I think it's kind of a cool idea. So we're now going to start the climate safe campaign. And the way that the climate safe is everybody needs, we need to have um, discounts on V8 engines. Everybody needs to buy a V8, you know, preferably a 57 Chevy Bel Air. 
convertible. Well, just a Bel Air with a big engine to burn as much organic fuel as possible to replace the CO2 before it's too late. <laughs> you guys like that? So if we start, in fact, here's a PSYOP, okay? Cause they, so it's like we're taking one PSYOP to battle another PSYOP. Now, it's actually true. Though. See, the difference is our PSYOPs are true. But it's still going to mess with the left so badly that it counts as a PSYOP, all right? So if we start the Climate Save Program, all right? So I need people with money. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking millions of dollars. You know, so Elon Musk, if you're listening, which you should be because, you know, I'm, uh, you know I, I can tell you things that, that no one else will tell you. Uh, if Elon Musk, you know, rather than spend $44 billion on buying Twitter, all he had to do was spend like $10 million, maybe $20 million, maybe $30 million, who knows. But, you know, 30 to, to let's, let's go all out, $50 million, right? $50 million advertising campaign. That's still, you know, one, what? I mean, $50 million, $100 million is, is 10% of a billion. So 50 million is like 5%. So for 5% of $1 billion, 5% of $1 billion, he could have uh, made a nationwide advertising campaign for our bill that would have ended big tech censorship for all of big tech, for all of social media, for all of the search engines. $50 million, he could have had a nationwide advertising campaign for our bill, and it would have gotten to the people. People would have lobbied Congress. Congress would have passed it, hopefully, eventually. Uh, and then problem solved. He wouldn't have to spend $44 billion buying Twitter. And then he'd have a billion for, our, for Action Radio. Why not? Oh, what I could do with a billion dollars. <laughs> you, you, think I'm, you, you think I have ideas now. Oh, that would be really fun. Um, but uh, you want to talk about it? I have ad campaigns. I, would, I, I do it. You know, I put the virtues of organic fuel. Uh, I put how, you know, all the, how the left is dangerous. You know, how smart cities are for idiots. <laughs> you know, don't live a smart. You know, the only people living in smart cities are idiots. You know, I mean, so everything's a PSYOP. January 6th was a complete PSYOP operation, psychological operation to convince people to go to the top of the Capitol so they could commit a coup underneath. That's a PSYOP. The coup underneath, you know, they convinced the people in Congress that they better vote for Brandon, you know, or all hell's going to break loose. It's going to be terrible. The, the, that, that insurrection up top is going to come down and, uh, you know, cut your life short. You know, it's a bunch of BS, right? That was a PSYOP. <laughs> you know, then they went to the American people with this bogus J6 committee. You know, broadcasting everywhere, uh, you know, Trump is guilty, da, da, da. That was a PSYOP. None of that was true. So psychological operation is basically pushing a lie um, by threat, coercion, or to make you appear crazy. So for a PSYOP to work, you know, you have to take something that's irrational, that's crazy, that nobody would believe, and, and put an element of terror in it if they don't believe it. Or you're an election denier. Were you got any proof that uh, Trump won the election? Oh, yeah, mountains of it, actually, but you won't look at it, so it really doesn't matter. Because you're in a PSYOP. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, deni- you're a truth denier because everybody knows that Brandon stole the election. Why, why else would the Democrats have worked so hard to do it? So you know who really knows the election was stolen? The Democrats. They all know. They don't care. <laughs> they know. That's a PSYOP. Okay? So everything boils down to a PSYOP. So my question I come back to again is how do we get to a Republican operative with balls to actually do something? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I refreshed my screen so I don't have my message there. Okay, so let me put this in. Everything is a PSYOP. P-S-Y-O-P. Oh, I got a message. Okay, good. Well, I, I refreshed the screen because I was trying to find my uh, thing. I didn't realize that my, my uh, message was way, my, my show that I want to play is way down at the bottom. And I do mean way down at the bottom. So I'll, I'll rearrange that after the show's over. <laughs> I'm not going to take another chance like that. Um, but I really wanted to find it because I didn't want to talk for three hours. You know, an hour and a half is bad enough. At least I have Wendy in a little bit. So let me talk let's see about the other PSYOPs. Okay, so the operation of the, uh, the courts in New York, that is a PSYOP. They know that the lawsuit by, what's your name? 
is completely bogus. They don't care. If they can keep Trump out of the election, then, then it doesn't matter how they do it. That's PSYOP. So, again, what we need is a series of judges to immediately rule anything that a liberal judge does as unconstitutional and put an injunction on it or overturn the verdict. So we need a judge above the judge that did this to immediately say, to immediately overturn the verdict and say, nope, no, we're going to award the $5 million to Donald Trump for false accusations. That's how you do it. That's how you combat the PSYOP with another PSYOP. What else is going on here? Uh, oh, here's another one. Federal prosecutors are, are uh, indicting George Santos for lying on his resume. Remember the congressman that kind of inflated his resume a little bit? They're saying he lied. Okay? This from the people who stole the election. That is a PSYOP. <laughs> okay? The people that stole the election are prosecuting somebody for lying. Well, you know, lying on your resume is, is, is infinitesimally insignificant compared to lying to steal the country. So why aren't those people in jail? <laughs> you know, they should be. Uh, it, it's fascinating. All right. So everything on the left is a PSYOP. Uh, the whole term mega Republican sounds mega Republican. If you say it bad enough, it's like when uh, George Bush, the elder said, Saddam, Saddam Hussein made him sound evil. It's Saddam. Right. But that doesn't matter because Saddam, Saddam, when they say Saddam, that's actually an insult in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Arabic. Uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it means, but uh, apparently every time he said Saddam, that was a PSYOP to make him feel bad. The Patriot Act was a PSYOP. 9-11, in many ways, was a PSYOP. In other words, they took a... Now, the question is, and we still don't know, how much was the government involved? How much, how, you know, did, did uh, the government blow up all the buildings or just building seven? You know, did uh, they fire a missile into the Pentagon or did an airplane actually go there and not leave any wreckage? You know, all these things, these are questions, right? That's a PSYOP. That's a psychological operation designed to scare the hell out of you so that they can pass draconian security measures and make us like a communist police state. What do you think the Patriot Act is? The name Patriot Act is a PSYOP. The Affordable Care Act is a PSYOP. It's not affordable and it's certainly not care. Gender-affirming care, in other words, stripping somebody of their identity by removing body parts and infusing them with drugs, is a PSYOP. Not the actual action. What the action is is Frankenstein medicine. That's what I call it. Why do I call it Frankenstein medicine? That's my PSYOP on them. You don't do that to kids. Adults, I don't care. Adults, you want to make a choice for cosmetic elective surgery? Go for it. So the fact that the, the whole idea of a trans group that has civil rights is a PSYOP. There's no such thing as a trans group because you can't trans. All you can do is keep your sex and alter your body. Everybody knows that. Well, they should. <laughs> okay. This is why I'm going to be writing a bill that puts um, that kind of, all that surgery uh, under the, the trans category uh, is going to be, we should call it transitory. So instead of transition, we call it transitory. In other words, you're, or, you know, from your altering or altering surgery. So if somebody wants to do alter surgery and, and drugs, it's fine. People do cosmetic surgery, cosmetic elective surgery all the time. Botox, nose jobs, boob jobs, butt jobs. You know, why couldn't you have a bob job? <laughs> you know, if you're a man that wants to look like a woman and appear like a woman and live your life as a woman, go get a bob job. Remember Elena Bobbitt? <laughs> that's another. That's what I think. Or I thought about. So if you if you want to be a guy, that's okay. But the problem is, if you change your mind, you're stuck. Okay, because you've you've bobbed your manhood. But that if you do that electively, it's your choice as long as you're over 18. So that's the question. It's be, you know, folks, it was easier when the transvestites just cross dressed. People that cross dressed, they didn't make permanent changes to their body. And you want to do that? That's okay too. Just not in front of the kids, right? And so all these things are psyops. But the Patriot Act is one of the worst psyops out there. Everything is a psyop. What have I got here now? So anyway, so I've got to find a way. I keep coming back to this because I think it's funny. I have to find a way or find someone to get Brandon to admit in his talking points, because I know he'll read anything that's there, 
even if it says take a breath and stop, he'll say, take a breath and stop. You know, he, he reads the directions because he has no idea what he's saying. So all we have to do is slip in somewhere where he's saying those mega Republicans are evil. And yes, I stole the election. You know, and then by the time he said it, it's too late. It's out. So we need something like that. You know, the deep state stole the election. It's all true. I'm not the president. Just put that right in there. By the time he, you know, he's so stupid now. He's so, you know, unfortunate. I mean, he should be on a rocking chair watching the sunset. I don't wish him personally any evil. You know, I just wish he'd leave the, the White House because he's, he's not supposed to be there. But him being there is a psyop because we have a false, you know, conv- in other words, convincing people that a stolen election and a complete moron in the White House who has no capability for the job, that's the right scenario <laughs> as opposed to, uh, you know, Donald Trump, who we know won the election who should be there, who is mentally, you know, incredibly competent, but that's a PSYOP. And millions of people are going along with it. Masks were a PSYOP. Oh, you got to wear a mask, even though it says on the package it doesn't stop viruses. So millions of people wore a mask that they either read the directions and knew that it didn't stop viruses and wore it anyway, or they were too stupid to read the directions and they wore it for no reason because they were told to. Well, that's the dumbest reason to do anything. You never do, you never do what a government tells you. I heard something really... Um, it was, there was a, a special on, on Newsmax um, early this morning, and there's something else I'm watching. So it was either this morning or last night, and they were talking about uh, it was climate change, and Al Gore was there. He said, we're the government. You know, we need to tell people what to do. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you don't. You know, as Wendy would say, no. <laughs> She'll be on in a few minutes. No, we tell the government what to do. See, the definition of freedom is where the people tell the government what to do. That's why I created Action Radio, so that we can write the laws that tell the government what to do. Okay? And that's the whole purpose of this. It, we're reversing the idea that the government tells the people what to do. Because if the government tells the people what to do, you have tyranny. If the people tell the government what to do, you have freedom. Now, you need a certain amount of government. And you know, look at the slides I put on every single show. It's after the show. You won't see it on this show. But look back at any other show. Look at where we graph liberty between uh, anarchy and totalitarianism. Well, and, the, and with uh, the horizontal axis, the vertical axis being freedom, because freedom is individual and liberty is societal. So if your society is an anarchy, which is the right wing, that's, that's no government, no law, no nothing. Everybody fends themselves. You know, good luck with that. That's, that's like, that's, uh, you know, that's survival of the fittest. That's, that's the animal world. <laughs> that's the jungle. All right. That's, uh, you know, the tiger wins and, uh, you know, the capybara loses. <laughs> okay. So that, that's, that's where that, that's anarchy. All right. Uh, and the other is totalitarianism, where absolutely everything is controlled by the government. This is why all leftists are on the left. Uh, the left is where all the dictatorships are. Nazism, fascism, socialism, communism, all the isms are on the left. Anarchy is on the right. Now, liberty is about three-quarters of the way to the right, because all it takes is a small amount of government to uh, protect life, liberty, uh, and property. That's the job. Protect life, protect your liberty, and protect your property. That's it. Everything else is bogus. So as soon as you get beyond life, liberty, and property, you start down that slide to tyranny. And that's why we graph the liberty graph the way it is. We've actually graphed liberty. We have a visual representation of liberty. It's easy to see. Anything other than that is a psyop. Oh, we're doing this for the public good. Well, there is no public good from the government. We tell them the public good by making individual choices that are interfered with by government. So telling you the public good, that's a psyop. Telling you that there are reasonable restrictions the government can put on the Constitution, that's a psyop. That's a psychological operation to convince you of something that isn't true. What is true is that raw rights are absolute. That's why we keep saying it. So we are the PSYOP antidote. So when anybody tells you, anybody tells you that, uh, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist, you immediately respond, well, that's just a PSYOP. 
So now you've dismissed them the way they dismissed you. So the whole purpose of saying something is a conspiracy theory is to dismiss you. Oh, I got more notes here. <laughs> uh, what else have I got here? Uh, I don't I think that's about it. That's about all I want to say. I'll have articles and things, you know, after we get to, after you talk to Wendy. Play some real quick for you guys. And then, uh, and then we shall be, I, I should play these earlier in the show because, you know, otherwise you never get to hear them. All right, here we go. Where's my button? Oh, wrong one. Let's try this one. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. You know, I'm going to start calling this Abandonment Wednesday because everybody's left us. <laughs> it's just you and me. Bill's not here. <laughs> You know, Diane's not here. Rebecca, you know, needs a break. I mean, everybody's doing stuff, and it's just uh, it's you and me. So I, I kind of vamped the first uh, first half hour, discussing everything as a psyop. Uh, did you hear any of that? I, I, I... Uh, no, I was getting us ready for our morning routine here. Oh, okay. Here, here well, let me, household. Uh, let me sum it up. Let me sum it in one sentence for you. I have a new idea, and I'm going to see if I can get this to my friends in Washington. Uh, that somebody needs to you substitute. Always have rent. a new idea. <laughs> Well, it's not my fault. Blame God. He's the one that puts this stuff into my head. You know, <laughs> why do you think I got fired from so many jobs? There's two things that used to happen to me when I was working. One, because I always had too many ideas. So my boss would do one of two things. They would fire me for having too many ideas to making them look bad, or they would steal my ideas, take credit for them. I would point that out, which made them look bad, and they would fire me. So either way, I got fired. Yes. <laughs> it didn't matter. You you know, so this is why I never advanced in yeah, so the, no matter what I did, so just the fact that I have ideas always got me fired. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, in fact, there was one time my, my, uh, I was working with a tour company uh, in San Francisco, one of my many uh, – I was a tour guide for eight years. And uh, they're about to lay everybody off. And uh, oh, someone, was, someone stole one of my – one of the bosses stole one of my ideas, one of the managers. And one of the other drivers pointed out and said, that was Greg's idea. In fact, this whole thing was Greg's idea. And I'm like, oh, bless you. Thank you very much. Of course, then they look bad. <laughs> and then I got laid off anyway. Uh, so, you know, it's just it's the way it goes. But, but my psyop. My, my quick psyop um, is that somebody, we need to find an operative, a GOP operative, uh, or I, I see if I can talk to, you know, we have, um, I want to get to hold General Mike Flynn. 
he might be able to arrange this. We need to replace Brandon's talking points with a confession that the election was stolen. So he's saying those mega yeah. Republicans, those <laughs> evil people, and yes, stole the election. It's all the deep state, and everything you've heard is a lie. I'm not the president. And just put that right in there as talking points. By the time he realizes it, he will have said it, and every conservative news source will be able to use that all through the 2024 campaign. Of course, they'll deny it, they'll lie, all that kind of stuff, but it won't matter. It, it could, because, but these people don't know how to fight. The Republicans have no idea how to fight. You know, I, I'll tell you just quickly before we get to your report. But my other, I, one of my main, you know, I've got a bunch of ideas, but let me just one was that as soon as Brandon opened the border, uh, the Republicans should have hired a bunch of people to hand out cards saying, "Don't get comfortable, you're not staying," just to mess with them. That's what I would have had in Spanish, <laughs> and you know, every line, "Don't get comfortable, you're not staying." You know what? But the government said, "I get to, no, you're not staying." Just you know. And, of course, that would be a huge operation. And then, they, then, of course, they, they would have to say they are staying. I said, what do you mean they're staying? They're illegal. They can't stay. <laughs> you know, and there we go. PSYOP. So my answer, when anyone tells you, when anyone says, well, that's just a conspiracy theory, theory and you respond immediately, well, that's just a PSYOP. Huh? And so, so you take their complete reduction of what you're saying uh, with a complete reduction of what they're saying with an equally challenging, simple word. This is a conspiracy theory. We're just engaging in a PSYOP. What's that? I mean, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, you just you're, you're yeah. saying something that you know is untrue. Oh, it's, well, it's, um, the, it's, it's the new the new woke term. <laughs> yeah, psyop. So when anybody says that's a conspiracy theory, immediately respond with, "Well, that's just a psyop. You're engaging in a psyop." Bingo, we yeah. win. No, already then. <laughs> we have um, <laughs> so many things that that we can talk about today, but the, what? Okay. I feel like, like the Lord is, is wanting us to, to discover um, is something more about himself and something more about his relationship with us. <clears throat> and this is something I've been really pondering on for a week or so. And, um, oh, do and ponder. I, I, I drew my, my own conclusion. But do what? I said do ponder, please. Oh, yes. <laughs> So I, I'm just going to throw this out there, and, um, and because if you need to take time to think about it and ponder it like I did, then, then please do so, because <clears throat> I tend to look at something 14 ways from Sunday, and then um, if, if it's something that really has my interest peaked about, okay, could this actually be true, and mm-hmm. what are the ramifications of that if it is? <clears throat> so, um, excuse me, I'm a little hoarse this morning, mm-hmm. but... So I'm, I'm Are you going to grow into a big horse then? Yeah, there you go. And um, <laughs> so here's 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 the thing. Some and and this is all because I heard somebody say something, and and it's somebody I respect. So I I wanted mm-hmm. to you know actually think about this, mm-hmm. and not just have a, a knee jerk reaction. So what they said was that. Um, God has a blueprint in heaven because, you know, everybody's always told that God has a plan for your life. Well, he does, but nobody ever seems to know what it is. You know, very few people actually say, oh, yeah, this is the plan for my life. And um, because it doesn't look like what I would call a plan, you know. Um, to me, no, my life when, doesn't when look like I a plan, plan at all. <laughs> Mine is a well, series of jigsaw puzzle the, pieces. You know, all over the place. Well, those of us who are ADHD, <laughs> you know. Well, that's have, everybody on the uh, show, Wendy. Wendy, that's a, that's a, well, that's a not qualification. Everybody. For actually, not name, name everybody. somebody on our show. <laughs> name one person on our show who isn't ADHD. Go ahead. I dare you. There isn't one. We're all ADHD. Uh, Derek. 
Yeah, okay, okay. You did name one. All right, you win. <laughs> so anyway, um, so there's there's just certain things like if I tell you I'm going to make a plan, um, it means that I have it set out from A to Z. I, I, I know exactly what each step is going to be, and, mm-hmm. and you have to accomplish, you know, step one to go to step two, and, and the progression continues in there until the plan is, continu- is finished up. So that's not how, how God plans. I mean, he already knows the blueprint because he, mm-hmm. he wrote it for you. Right. But it doesn't look like any of the dots connect until you're like almost at the end. So what this person said was that God has a blueprint for your life. And if you want to know um, what it, what your, the will of God is for you, <clears throat> look at what is in your heart. You know, look, look to see what it is that you're passionate about. What is it that has, that continues to draw you? What, what is it that is included when you're thinking and dreaming about your future? What, what is it that's in there that doesn't go away? Cause we all have, interests and stuff that, you know, come and go and hobbies that come and go and stuff like that, um, or that we'll do something for a while, enjoy it, then move on to the next thing. That That's mm-hmm. not the blueprint from God. That's just something that you enjoy. It's, a, it's an interest. It's a, it's a temporary, you know, activity, whatever it is. But there is something inside everybody that tends to continue to draw them. And um, being back now, you know, just, just as a small example, I doodled on everything as a kid. Absolutely everything. Mm. I drew stuff and doodled on it on stuff everywhere. You know, books, papers. You know, me. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have anything to write on. Uh, doodled on my hand. You know, that kind of thing. So um, I did not understand that I had the ability to be an artist in me. I just thought I was, you know, making some really cool designs. <clears throat> So, but I, when I got older, like around eight, um, older. I remember the old match, yeah, you know, the, the matchbook things, you know, where, where um, draw this and send it in and see if you're, you know, qualified to take art lessons and that kind of thing. Yet, no, um, I was never qualified I, to take art lessons and I knew it. That's why I went into music at no, five. <laughs> well, well, back in the day, you know, when, you know, matchbooks were given out everywhere, you know, they, they had that thing, you know, that had like a little reindeer or a, a dog or you know, whatever the, the little simple thing that it was to draw. And I mm-hmm. used to just draw those just because I thought that it was fun to draw, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And so but I was never encouraged in my gifts because I was raised in a very practical family and the work gets done first, period, end of story. Don't even talk about God save us from being practical. You know, that's one of the curses out there. You know? <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have time for this. That doesn't make money. If I hear one more parent say, you shouldn't do that, that doesn't make money, I'm going to scream and strangle people, metaphorically speaking, of course. Well, it, and it wasn't even about making money. In, in our case, it was about getting the work done because, you know, work doesn't do itself. So, and, and I get it because, you know, I've got a very good work ethic to this day because of that. But. There has got to be parents in this world that recognize the gifts that God has put in their children, and it is their responsibility then to hone that, to help them and encourage them in it, um, help them do um, whatever activity will develop that gift in them. Um, If it's music, put them in 
you know, music lessons. What 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 do they want to play? A guitar, a, a piano. What is it? Do they sing? Are they always humming and singing around the house wherever they go? You know, just recognize, learn to recognize what your children's gifts are, and then help them to develop it because God gave it to them for a reason. Um, I should say that. So, um, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you an example in a bit. Well, give your example. It's a perfect time. Oh, okay, I will. I shall ponder on this. No, I'm just teasing <laughs> you. <laughs> we have too much fun on this show. Um, my own daughter, you know, expressed an interest in photography very early. She's like six years old. She wanted to borrow my camera. She stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get you a camera. So um, the occasion came up where um, they, we had to do, a, I think it was fourth grade in California, to do a mission project. And so for the mission project, you know, you, you can do like a, 10 pictures on a poster board or something like that. And so we went a little crazy. This, this is, this is a, kind of a cool story. I think she's maybe somewhere between six and eight, maybe like six or seven. Anyway, um, so we went to this uh, mission, uh, uh, San Juan Capist- was it San Juan? No, it was, mission, it was the big one, wherever the big mission is, uh, the one they did Vertigo. Remember the Vertigo, movie Vertigo with uh, Alfred Hitchcock and Jimmy Stewart and the, the whole bit? Anyway, yeah. we went to that mission. And, uh, and it was a uh, mission capistrano, and wherever it was. Anyway, it wasn't that far away. But what was funny about that was I just bought her a camera. I said, look, if we're going to do this, let's get a camera. Let's get a digital camera. Because she, she had my camera before, which is a film camera. Uh, it was back when we still had film cameras. And she took nine pictures of the same duck. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> we need to go digital. <laughs> so, uh, so I got a digital <laughs> camera. And, and we went down. Obviously, digital is what saved parents a ton of money. And so we went down and did it. But while we were there, here's what gets really interesting. So the same weekend we were there for our mission project, taking pictures of the mission, um, there was a, a, a biker convention, kind of like Sturgis on a smaller scale. So the Harleys were up and down the yeah. street like crazy. All these biker dudes and biker chicks were there. And they also had the cowboy Libyan <laughs> actors. So you had all these, uh, you know, they had the, the, the Bank of Italy, which is the forerunner of the Bank of America, right? Started by the Italians in San Francisco. And they had uh, fake right. bank robberies. <laughs> so you got horses and cowboys, you know, and motorcycles running up and down the street of this absolutely gorgeous mission. So we, you know, we, we took, I think she took about 200 pictures. Well, that's too big for a poster. So we actually made a book of it. And yeah. she spent a lot of time on it. And she wrote all the captions and did all the, uh, the pictures. I said, you know what? You keep doing this. I'm going to upgrade your camera. So I upgraded her camera twice over the next uh, few years. And eventually she ended up a yearbook editor and then went on to college to study uh, cool. uh, photography and video. I just knew. You know, and, and I see parents all the time with kids with gifts, you know, especially when they have really intelligent kids. And I'll be like, you know, your kid's a genius. No, nah, okay, fine, yeah. Oh, God. Nothing worse than having a genius kid and stupid parents that can't recognize it. But it's so true. It, but, you know, and this is, I don't know where this is in scripture of, of, of recognizing your children's gifts. But um, I wonder if it's sometimes like a jealousy of parents. If they don't have the gift, they don't want the kids to have it either. You know, my folks couldn't play music, for example. So they forced me to play piano knowing that I couldn't stand it. And I hated it and I wasn't any good at it. So well, you can't play what you want to play. You've got to play this. Until you learn piano, you can't, uh, you know, you can't learn another instrument. I said, why? They're totally different. I want to play trumpet. I want to be Herb Alpert, right? So why, where does this come from, this parental idea that uh, they have to tell you what your gifts are or you, they put all these conditions on for people that know nothing about what they're doing? Anyway, this is all rambling, but I'm sure it gets back to Scripture somehow that uh, there are those that block your gifts. <laughs> that, I guess that's what I'm leading to is that people block your gifts. You know, companies block your gifts. Well, you- um, parents block gifts. Society blocks your gifts. Your friends block your gifts. They're, they're taken away from you by, uh, by a PSYOP. <laughs> You know, you don't really have that talent. Anyway, 
Well, a lot of times, and it's not because the parents are stupid, and it's not because they're on this mission to undermine their kids, you know. Um, They just, a lot of parents just are not spiritually aware. They have no clue that, because they grew up, um, think about it, my grandparents grew up in the Depression era. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes, yeah. we're, we're trying we to survive. We're trying to find a, a can of beans to feed the entire family. You know, right. fun yeah. is not on the agenda. Um, it's, you know, work. You, you do whatever you can to get something, some kind of work to get some food on the table, whether it is, like I said, literally a can of beans for the entire family to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it was that mentality during then. And then they raised their kids, the, you know, uh, the, the generation that got sent off to war, um, and it was bringing America, you know, back to a place of you know, we have to protect what we have, and there's again a serious side to it. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you know, came into the era of you know what, screw all that. I don't want to have anything to do with it. So, you know, be and, and you know, live and let live kind of thing. Then you get the 60s revolution. Um, so, and it's, it, uh, the progression continues where it's, it's people were not spiritually aware that they're um, to steward their children. They're not just to tell them what they're supposed to do. They are to steward their children and because they're gifts from God. God says children are a gift from the Lord, um, and he wants them treated tenderly and, uh, but instructed, you know, and disciplined when necessary. So it's, but you are to raise them in the, uh, the admonition of the Lord, and that means to recognize what God has put in them and to steward that gift um, for them and with them until they are old enough to steward it on their own. So most people are not taught that. You do not hear that taught in churches. You don't yet. You know, what you hear in churches is what? Children obey your parents. So it will go well with you. And, okay, so. <laughs> Authoritarian top-down and, model. And, parents well, obey no, the priests. They're, they're, that, kids obey the parents. That's actual scripture. <laughs> it, it no, is? No, it, it's. It's an actual scripture, and but you know what? That is written uh, with the understanding back, you know, when it was written, that the parents were to steward their children according to what the gifts God put in them. Mm-hmm. So children, listen to your parents because they recognize the, the gift before you do, you know? Mm-hmm. But if the parent doesn't recognize the gift, then what happens? Then you have to do whatever it is that, you know, the family does and... You know, I had a friend uh, in high school who came from a, a family, a long line of, of jewelers in the family. They mm. did extremely well. You know, lived on Miami Beach, you know, the whole nine yards. Mm. Um, but he had absolutely no interest in jewelry at all. Mm-hmm. And he was the next in line. The father wanted him to, to take over the business and to carry on. You know, I'm not going to say the name of the, of the jewelry no, the family. No, we don't have to. Right. Everybody would know, but, you know, there's. <laughs> that he didn't want to, but you know, beers. because <laughs> sorry, because it was three generations, you know, um, of jewelers in the family. He he forego, you know, forwent all of his own dreams to carry on the family business because that's what dad wanted. You know, that was mm. what was expected of him, and mm-hmm. he was not happy. 
And so there is a reason why, you know, you have to to seek the Lord um, when you're raising your children because what he puts in them is not what you would think that you would have put in them. Um, so uh, the Lord What did he want to do, by the way? What, what did he want to do? <laughs> Oh, he wanted to go start his own uh, his own company, and it was was had nothing to do with jewelry. Okay. You know, he he was a businessman, and he would have been really good at it. But and and he still was doing business. It just wasn't in the business he wanted to be in, and had no desire to be in. Yeah, and that takes all your incentive and creativity away because you're already you know I mean businesses are hard enough when when you love what you're doing. I know <laughs> because we, right. you know, even with the exactly. censorship, I don't you know I mean it's it's still tough enough to do it. Of course, we have unusual opposition. We have unnatural opposition to this business right now, simply because of what we're doing. And that's a psyop. You know, there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's psyops in the Bible. You know, in other words, big tech says that they have to censor us for disinformation, and yet we're the ones telling the truth. So what they're telling you is, this is like reverse uh, psychological operation here. So the people who are lying to you, you know, are con- have to convince you through terror that the people that are telling the truth are lying to you uh, from the people who are lying to you. <laughs> It gets complicated, but that's what's going on. Next show, <laughs> next week. No, I'm serious. Be great next week. Let's do it. Write that down. Anyway, so getting back to our topic. Oh, please. At the moment. Okay, um, and and I'll actually change. get back to the blueprint thing in just a second. But okay. Um, it's important for parents to understand what is what God put in those children because he created them and he created them for a purpose. And there's a reason that he's given each person the specific <clears throat> gifts and talents that they have. So, and there is, um, there is a plan and he expects you to use those gifts and talents to mm-hmm. accomplish the plan in your life that fits into the billion pieces of puzzle that fits into his entire great big plan. So understand that everything that we do is part of his bigger picture. And if, if we don't do our part, then he's got to get someone else to cover you, um, And but it, that doesn't excuse you. We are all held accountable before the Lord. We stand before him alone, and he will open up our book, not anybody else's. And he'll say, this was the plan I had for you, and, let, and some people aren't going to get past page one <laughs> because, because they never asked God what his plan for them was. So you can go do whatever that you want to do, but even if you are successful, there's going to be something inside of you that says there's got to be more. Okay. I, oh, I, 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 I ask that all the time. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a yeah, concept, but, but it's interesting. there's got to be oh. more. Yeah, but there's a there's a sabotage oh. that goes on out there too. Well, go ahead and finish. I'll tell, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Well, there's a sabotage. Okay. You know because oh, there's, sabotage. There's, yeah, there's, there's, of course. There's the you can't, you know, or you're not good enough. And again, this is where this is probably where where Satan's coming in uh, to take away people's powers yes. uh, and, and their gifts and it's yes. like, and the doubts. And there's there's millions of people out there. I know because I grew up in a family like this that tried to convince me yeah. I was an idiot and tried to destroy my self-esteem and, uh, you know, self-identity and everything and said that I was basically useless. I was a cog in the wheel. Don't even try to do anything. Don't even try to accomplish anything. So I rebelled by being me, right, flying an airplane at 16, you know, being best at my, uh, my, my instrument in, in high school on tuba and just uh, my, I rebelled for accomplishment. Uh, but not everybody does that. Right. But there's millions of people who are depressed, who are not living their life, who are doing the career that their parents told them to do. I mean, Europe is, has generations of people that do that. You know, you got to follow, follow them in the family tradition. 
you know, and the, the, it's almost like a caste system in India. So, but there's a penalty for not following your gifts. There's a responsibility that yes. when you have the gifts to use them. So now how does that reconcile yes, with uh, the people that are, you know, that are depressed because they can't use their gifts or don't think they can. And they're the ones who are failing because someone can tell you you're useless, but you don't have to believe it. Somebody has encouraged you to say, Hey, you have worth and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And, and that's the thing. Most people base their own self-worth on what somebody else says. That's the mm. downfall. Yeah, you can't because do that. Because Satan has got many, many mouthpieces out there who are more than mm. willing to be his puppet, you mm-hmm. know, and, and to spew his crap all over the place. So um, it, that is why it is so important, y'all, to have the relationship with, with God because Jesus paid a horrible price for you to be able to go in and talk to God anytime that you want to and need to, and it should be a daily thing anyway because nobody loves you more than God. Nobody loves you and, and uh, like the person who created you, and he knows you inside and out. He knows you, then, bless you better than you'll ever know yourself. So go to him because he's the one who's got the path of your life already laid out, and you'll be so much happier if you will just work the plan that he's given you and has assigned to you. Because it, it fulfills something in you. There's something satisfying that satisfies your very soul when mm-hmm. you know that you are doing what you were created to do. You know, Rush Limbaugh used to say that all the time. You know, uh, something about uh, doing God's work. I forgot exactly how he put it. But, uh, yeah, uh, and it's, uh, you know, talent on loan from God, I think, was the expression. Or something like that. But he knew. He knew he was doing exactly what he should do. I know yeah. exactly I'm doing what I should do. You're doing exactly what you should do. But there's a confidence that I guess only comes from a belief in God that you absolutely know because everybody else has doubts. And there's so many doubts out there. And there's so many people that, that yeah. listen to the doubts that are put in them by other people. If I listen to the doubts that right. uh, everybody wanted to tell me, I never would have done this. This is a crazy idea. You're going to do what, Greg? You're going to start a citizen legislature with a radio show? <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Oh, really? Yeah. Watch. <laughs> You know, um, yeah. and I don't care about their opinion. I, I you know, it's a, I, I actually, and I, I remember when I had um, um, all the, I, I threw them out before I moved, but I had some 400 rejection letters or emails from radio stations before I got my job at WDY. Well, I I just, you know, you just, yeah, you just get, well, it took, you know, a few years, but you just keep going until you find the one station. All I needed was one that said, yes, I, I didn't care about the no's. You know, they're pretty funny actually. Um, but uh, it didn't matter. It didn't matter how many rejections. You know, so how many how many light bulbs did Edison go through? A thousand before he finally found one that works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he knew he was going to find one that works. Okay. So, but there's a, there's a huge waste of of all the talent out there, of the amazing things that people could do because they they simply have had doubts put in them, and they need that approval from other people. You really don't. I don't know. Other than God, I don't know how you get past that. To believe in yourself enough to just do it and don't worry <clears> about it. Well, most people don't have that kind of confidence because we are programmed from children to um, perform to get approval. Hmm. And that, that's not where you be, ought to be getting your, your approval and your validation because just the fact that you are created and you are here means that God created you here for a purpose and that he has 
something for you, something that nobody is to be um, just kind of pushed aside and say, oh, your role isn't, isn't important, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be the head. You know, nobody wants to be the toe or the elbow or the knee. Mm-hmm. You know, God says every joint supplies. Yep. Every joint supplies. So, you know, you can't, you know, lose your thumb and say, oh, it's okay. I have nine of the fingers. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, there's, there's that something that that thumb did for you that helped, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You provided your body with, with a service. And, and so it may not seem important. And, you know, the big thing right now, and I know, uh, stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. They are given absolutely no value at all in society. None. Why are they called stay-at-home? Oh. Why aren't they just called moms? Thank you. Um, because there's working moms that stay-at-home moms. And working moms, because they make money uh, to help provide for the family, quote-unquote, um, right. then they, they have value because what's valued? Is her work valued or is the money she brings in valued? It all well, the government, down uh, to money. Yeah, yeah, because the government – Your value uh, the, the whole, in the world yeah. system mm-hmm. – is, is related to how much money you make. And look at it. You know, everybody idolizes uh, movie stars and singers and performers and, um, and the great uh, tech giants of the world and all this kind of stuff because they have money. So they think somehow they're better than they are. And they, so you need to look at them and try to emulate them because obviously they're successful and they have, quote, unquote, made it. Hmm. That has nothing to do with value. Nothing. So your value comes because God created you and says, it is good. It is very good. He created us. And just the fact that God took the time to think you up and to design you cell by cell and put you together and decide what you're going to look like, what you're going to, um, what your interests are going to be, what your dreams are, all those things, that's Mm -hmm. your value because God values you. Whether anybody else ever, ever values you, um, God does. So you can't base your value and your self-worth on what somebody else thinks. You have to base that on the fact that God himself, the creator of everything, created you and said, it is very good. Yes, interesting. The uh, the, the need for... (laughs) What was the blueprint? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so... What this person was saying um, at the very beginning of the show that I was pondering was that um, the blueprint in your heart should match the blueprint that God has made for you and in, in before you were even born. And so if you want to know what God's blueprint for your life is, look to see what is in your life that is consistent over the years that you cannot get out of your, of your heart. And so I was just really having to ponder that and think about it because so many times our own desires or, oh, look, shiny, you know, um, draw us away <laughs> um, and, and keep our attention for a while. But there's, there's something in us um, that continues to stay in there. Mm-hmm. Look at that. And, and there's different um, seasons of our life that we have to, to, you know, focus on certain things like, like when you're raising children um, you focus on raising your children. Um, but when that season is passed, then you're, you're going into a different season 
Um, but even when you're raising children and, and or, or starting whatever you're doing um, in, in school or whatever, there's still something in you that, that you dream about, you know, even when you're busy doing something else for the time being, you know, in that season of preparation. Because everything we do prepares us for the next season. We may not realize why we're doing it. We may even hate the season that we're in and why do I have to do this and why am I going through all this junk and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Well, that. But later on down the road, when you look back, you go, oh, man, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't know what to do here. So oh, yeah. All no, I, you know, life is a series of jigsaw puzzle pieces. But when you're young, you only have a few pieces, so you can't see the whole thing. It's like, uh, you know, you want right. to buy a vowel, you know. <laughs> can, can I get a hint? <laughs> you know, it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, or like concentration yeah. or some of those other things. But the more, the more you live, the more pieces you get, the more it all makes sense. You know, I, uh, my three constants uh, have been music, uh, flying, and politics. And so music and flying started about the same time when I was five. Um, and uh, I knew every airplane. I knew every dinosaur, too, but I knew every airplane in the world by the time I was like six. Uh, and so, uh, and music, you know, I always want to play music, just not the instruments my parents gave me. <laughs> you know, I want to play trumpet. I want to be Herb Alpert. And then uh, kind of sucked at that, so I ended up getting a tuba, and I had a great time with that. Uh, and then I discovered guitar. Now I'm just like, rockin'. Anyway, um, politics, I came to the United States. I wasn't much interested in politics in Australia, but when I came to the United States, I walked right into the Watergate hearings. Got here in the summer of uh, 72. I thought, this is an interesting country. They're putting their president on trial. And my folks brought me here. Hmm, different. <laughs> you know, but I was curious. Yeah. Right? Uh, but that was my introduction to the United States was Watergate and the fact that we were at war some, at some place called Vietnam, and I couldn't see any evidence of war when I got here. I said, this is an interesting war. There's no evidence. There's no, you know, something like Britain, you know, the Blitz thing, Blitzkrieg, things like that, you know, uh, and that wasn't happening. And flying, you know, like I said, so the, I have music, I don't have politics. The only thing I don't have because of money is flying. But that's going to come, you know, at some point there's going to be the, the, the big break. And I'll, I'll start flying again. And whether I do uh, search and rescue with Civil Air Patrol, uh, fly for fun, you know, hang upside down on a jet over Pensacola Beach at 500 miles an hour. I don't know. I'm going to probably do all of those. But uh, that's the, the, that's the, there's, always, there's usually two out of the three at any, at any time. Uh, at this point, I want all three. <laughs> I want flying, I want music, and I want politics. So um, those, are, those are my constants. What are your constants? My constants are horses and mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. and um, planning events. I just, I love oh. that. Oh, and really? I just absolutely love it. Well, remember Art in the Park? Yeah, told me, um, well, this is your first event here, so, you know, don't be too disappointed. If you get, you know, eight to ten booths for your first year See? and your first Negative. event, then... Negative. Yeah, there it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there it is. yourself lucky and... I, and I said, well, could you, I, I, you do many events, you know, as the city of Pascagoula. Do you have a list of vendors that you could possibly share with me? I could send an invite to. Oh, no, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So um, 84 booths later, um, <laughs> yeah. they, and, and very successful, and everybody kept saying, oh, I want to come back next year. This is great. Um, best, best event I've ever attended as, as you know, an artist. And, um, and you know what happened? The city of Pascagoula came and asked me for my vendor list. <laughs> Did said, you give it to them? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, no. Was that very Christian uh, of you? 
Well, no. Yes, it was, actually. Um, okay. You know, why, why am I going to put a snake in my pocket? Oh, you know, okay. that, so this, that, no, this, is, and, and this, is, this is actually a good point here, too, because you don't have to do everything everybody says in order to be generous and Christian. In other words, the, the old question, what would Jesus no. do that's used to take things from you? They want to yes, take something from you exactly for nothing. that's exactly right. It's called manipulation right. and witchcraft. Uh-huh. So right. um, I asked Paul <laughs> if you ever want to see somebody who was not Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> who was mm-hmm. not Mr. Mamby Pamby, you know, mm-hmm. talk to Paul in the scripture. <laughs> you know, so no, he told people exactly the way it is. When he was uh, arrested for preaching the gospel mm-hmm. uh, in Rome and they jailed him and they beat him um, because they just assumed he, you know, he was from somewhere else right. um, and a Jew. Well, um, he said, I demand to talk to Caesar. And they said, on what grounds? You know, who are you? He said, yeah. I'm a Roman citizen. And, you know, all the, the color ran out of their faces because it was illegal to beat a Roman citizen. So, and mm. the, the jailer said, well, how much did you pay for your citizenship? I pay you a, a whole lot of money to get my Roman citizenship. He says, I'm a born Roman. Oh. And... I mean, he was like, oh, Lord, because he could be, you know, executed for, you know, doing that. So he got his audience with Caesar, and Caesar, you know, knew that they'd screwed up royally. And and he said, well, okay, fine, you know, we'll let you out of jail, um, but you you have to leave town, and you cannot preach the gospel, and just just go quietly, and we'll pretend none of this ever happened. And he said, oh, 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 no. You beat me publicly. <laughs> You're going to answer to this publicly. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, you know, it, it, yes, you can stand up for yourself as a child of God. Yes, you absolutely can. And the, the lie from religion says, oh, you have to do the Christian thing. You have mm-hmm. to be gentle and kind and nice. And, mm-hmm. and if somebody takes advantage of you, um, then you, you just don't say anything. You just let it happen. And there are times when the Lord has told me, do not, do not say anything in this situation. Let it go because I'm going to handle that. And hmm. do whatever God says because, you know what, there's, there's so many people who have been wronged, um, seriously wronged, um, and they, they want vengeance you know, that they want to see something bad happen to these people who did something wrong to them, um, and but they're calling it justice. I, I, I just want justice for this. Well, you know what? It's, it's, there's a fine line. Everybody wants to see justice done, but vengeance is when you want something really bad to happen to those who hurt you. Um, and that's God's, that's God's department, and we cannot play God. So forgiveness is so, so, so important because forgiveness is not for them, for what they did. Forgiveness is to let you out of that prison of wanting vengeance um, so that you are free to operate and to receive from the Lord for what he has for you. And you have to trust that he is really going to deal with those people. Um, Our problem is we want to see it right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're impatient. We have a hard time waiting on the Lord, you know, so – but that, that that's a whole other topic. But uh, yeah, well, yeah forgiveness that, is, is really important for us. You you know my saying: karma is great, but it takes too long. Yeah, that's right. 
and that that's what we want. We and that's part of that vengeance thing. But it's yeah. not has nothing to do with justice. Justice is, is you know doesn't have the the vengeance in it. And but vengeance is what God says that He will take care of because that's hmm. for Him and Him only. Justice is for everybody, but vengeance is for God <clears throat> because He Makes judges sense. hearts, not just actions. But yeah, we should do more so, of we should do more of this uh, this 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 topic. I think you know for for next time or, or sometime this whole idea of of what uh, it, we're told as Christian and what really is. And there's a lot more independence, a lot more direct action. There's a lot more things you can do for yourself, for your soul, for for your family. Um, you know, when when God says you know turn the other cheek. Well, that only after you do that once, you're done. <laughs> you know, so it's okay. So it's like you give somebody yes. one chance, and after that, you run out of cheeks. So you, you don't, you, you know, then now you can fight back kind of thing. So it's in, so all these different things. I was just thinking real quickly here. I wrote down death penalty for illegals uh, who kill Americans. You know, if, it, if we if we had that same kind of status, it'd be a way to elevate American uh, standards. So this this be, if an illegal alien, you know, kills an American citizen, that should be an automatic death penalty if convicted. Um, and that would be interesting. You know, the same thing. It's like going back to Roman law. Well, if you kill a Roman, you know, you beat a Roman in public. You can't do that because they're a citizen. So I'm looking at Roman citizenship. Um, the other thing I was saying real quickly before you go, we should learn more about the apostles uh, and who they are. And, and just because I don't think people really know. We just hear the 12. Well, who are they? You know, let's make them real. Let's right. make them real people with real life circumstances, with real, you know, so you can like uh, pick an apostle, you know. And here we have number one. We've yeah. got one through 12. You know, that'll take us three months. Um, and uh, be interesting. That would be actually a, a very interesting topic. But I tell you what, if, if mm-hmm. you have not seen the series The Chosen, um, no, I haven't. It is a, it, it is amazingly wonderful. It, it hmm. actually brings Jesus and his twelve disciples um, to the forefront in that they were actual, real, flawed people. That Jesus hmm. said, "Follow me," and all of their personalities um, and their their jobs and all this all that kind of stuff, plus the culture of the day, is brought out in such an amazingly human way that if you are not touched by this and, and, and you can't relate to them as people by the time you've seen just the first episode, there's mm-hmm. something wrong with you. So hmm. Is this, so um, well. will I find this on my Roku? Is, is it like a Netflix thing? Where, where, where is it available? Uh, pretty much everywhere. You can even find it on YouTube. Uh, just okay. put in the oh. chosen and start it at you know episode one season one. It is just the most wonderful, well done thing I, I've ever seen and come out of uh, the movie industry in in decades. If not, wow, ever. actually did something good. So, yes, it, do they have good Jewish really accents amazing. from Brooklyn? Let me tell you, I, am, I was uh, the other day. And I said to my disciple, Fred and Paul, I was talking to me. What do you got? I got, I got things to do. I got fish. What are you, what are you buying me for? What's going on here? Okay, bye. Sorry. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's something everybody should watch if you want to see um, it, it it in in a human way rather than just the sanitized, cleaned up religious version that doesn't do anybody any good. Right. Okay. Do you have to go or you got more time? Uh, well, I do have to uh, get some breakfast cooked for me and my baby. But, okay. um, I, hi, yeah, baby. I've got uh, the, 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 deep, <laughs> the deep voice here back there. That's, that's baby. That's baby Mike. Hi, Mike. That, that, that's Let's hear baby. your manly that's tones. My sweet baby. Manly, that's manly right. tones from Michael. <laughs> Michael's manly tones in the morning. We'll call it alliteration. Michael's <laughs> manly morning tones. 
that, that ought to be a segment somewhere. I'm just not sure where. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where exactly to put it. You know, sometimes I think this show is like part Rush Limbaugh, part Robin Williams. And there's a bunch of flipping back and forth like all the time. <clears throat> anyway, <Yes. laughs> let's get your let's get your closing uh, contact information. Anything else you want to say? Uh, or if you have like a, a we need we need to do something. I'm not quite sure what, but uh, some kind of like sign off saying for you. We got to think of it. We need code names too. By the way, we're all getting code names. Uh, Founding fathers. I'm Jefferson. Oh, we Pianchi are. is uh, Pianchi is who's Pianchi? Um, I forgot who he was. I have to tell you the other day. Anyway, I'm Jefferson. That's my code name. You need one too. Jefferson. Okay. That's me. All right. Maybe well, I can call uh, you Dolly, as in Dolly Madison. And I can say, hello, Dolly. How you doing? Okay, this will be great. We're a wonderful time. Go back to my, my Brooklyn again. Yeah, this well, Dolly Madison you know, with the Oh My God report. No, I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> we'll think about it. Okay. Contact? Yeah. It's, well, um, if anybody needs to get a hold of me, have, has any questions or, you know, any thoughts that you would like to share, um, please get a hold of me on Facebook, and that could be under Wendy Arthur. You can also find me at Art by Wendy Arthur. You can also find me under Dimensions Ministries. So feel free to get in touch with me at any time. And Sounds good. I mm-hmm. bless everybody. And, and I oh, want good. you to have a great day. And bow now, avoid the rush. <laughs> that's, your, that's what you need to close with. That's it. That's your saying. I love it. Bow yeah. now, avoid the rush. We need to put some music to that, too. Maybe we'll get my art theme back. We'll do the music. And now... Wendy Arthur with Bow Now and Avoid the Rush. In fact, I think I'll send you out with that. Bye, Wendy. When all about is corruption, debauchery, and anarchy, when everyone is losing their way, buried in a mountain of fake news and propaganda, there is a place you can go where beauty and poetry of the mind get to play. Where is that place? Where is that space of wonder and magic? Where else? The Action Radio Art Report with Wendy Arthur. See, this is the reason we don't have an art report anymore. It's that theme. That's the reason. (laughs) So if necessary, I'll make you a new theme, Wendy. I'll make something trendy. (laughs) That's because it's funny. It is funny. Okay. Well, you guys be blessed. I'll see you next week. You too. And take care of baby Mike with the manly tones. Okay. Okay. Bye. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engine. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. 
Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. You know, this really is too much fun. I can't believe I get to do this every day. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. And we are back, and so I've got a little bit of time here before we get to. Uh, well, I'll play. I can play it anytime. Actually, uh, our, our interview of WBY on hurricane preparedness is actually really interesting. Um, so what I do with these is because the WBY, uh, I just uh, they're almost an hour long. But what I do is I take out the commercials, the news breaks. Uh, I'll sort of leave the the ID and the phone numbers in because you know our number here two one five three eight three three eight three two, and of course our uh, we're on Skype. You know, we got the Skype ID there on the page. Anybody can get, get us online. Um, but you have to register first. Oh, I deleted the Bing. <laughs> so, so the Bing has been blocked. So I blocked the artificial intelligence this time. Who knows when it's going to come back, but I, I took that out. Um, but uh, you can use the Skype line to call us. Call ahead. Call the day before. Uh, I approve your account and away you go. Uh, unless you're artificial intelligence or just an idiot. I've had to block several people with some really bad comments and marketing stuff and things like that. But uh, that's what I do. So, you know, it's, uh, we're trying to keep going here. But, um, again, like I said, it's, it's amazing. I get to sit here on this microphone and have this much fun every single day. It's really kind of cool. All right. Let's uh, see. Let's get down to back, to back to the news, back to articles, back to all kinds of things. And so we'll be well, – I'll play this one for a while. And let's see what's on the wire. 
rather than report the news everybody else is reporting, because that's boring, uh, I have to try and find some of the more interesting Substack pieces, because they do subscribe to some really uh, kind of cool stuff. And I just wish they would act uh, you know, on some of the stuff that, that, that I'm sending in. Um, it's really discouraging, and I'm not sure why this is happening, but I made a rather uh, – I, I, I was talking to a friend. Uh, or I was email was messaging and I'm like, what's going on here? You know, it's like, there's a lot of people that know about our vaccine product liability bill. And only one person is advocating it out there. And that's Judy Mikovits. She's it. But uh, there's a bunch of doctors that know about it. Um, uh, Steve Kirsch, the, the, who has a huge Substack, he knows all about it. Naomi Wolf liked it when I, I put that on her column, she's doing all these things and all these people are on media. Uh, Steve Kirsch had a, had a lawyer's conference and, and there, you know, we had different attorneys and things and, and doctors and McCullough Malone, they all know about uh, our, our legislation, you know, uh, Trump folks, Christina, Bob, you know, Peter Navarro, uh, Edward Dowd, the wall street guy, he knows about, I mean, all these people know about it and yet it never comes out in the public. So there's a disconnect there. And I'm not sure what it is, but, you know, it's almost like they're waiting for everybody else to do it. But by the time that happens, you know, Big Pharma will run the world, you know, kind of like the phone company, if they don't run it already. And so, you know, this is why I do a lot of stuff with faith and with, with God, because you have to have a little faith, not only in God, but in, in, uh, in, in, in your own ideas. And, you know, whose approval do you need? Well, you only really need yours, you know, so you don't need other people to go into action radio before you do it. You don't need other people to share the bills before you do. You don't need uh, to see success before you can make it successful because it'll never happen that way. If everybody's waiting for everybody else to do something, then nothing gets done. And that's the problem. So I'll happily send your bill as once you know, you've proven you can get bills passed. We can't prove that we can get bills passed until people send them into the legislature. It doesn't work that way. Anyway, uh, I got some, some things here from some people I respect. Um, one of them is Tom Renz, and I'd love to get him on the show. He's the one that's going after um, the, the vaccines and the food supply. And so he's got some bills. I think it was one in Missouri, uh, some different places where they had this. Um, but it's interesting. I haven't, I've been Wendy. No one's called. And nobody's on live chat. I guess Marco's not on live chat today. Uh, that's too bad. <laughs> I like having our Netherlands contact. But oh, that's right. I, think he had, I think he told me yesterday there's some convention business thing he has to go to. So that's no fun. So maybe we'll get details when he comes back. So Tom Renz. Tom Renz. That's T-O-M-R-E-N-Z. Uh, May 9th. So that would be yesterday. And so, yep, and he has a he has an old Smith Corona typewriter. I actually have one of those. I, I had Vic. I think I had that exact model. It's like a 1950s desktop manual Smith Corona uh, computer where it says National Security. He says I had the opportunity to speak with Bobby Kennedy recently. So now you know why I'm reading the article, right? We're still waiting for Bobby to endure a vaccine product liability bill. That would be huge. Then other people would do it. Then it'd become acceptable. So we need somebody who accepts it to make it acceptable to other people who should have uh, endorsed it and sponsored it and talked about it already. Back to the article. I had the opportunity to speak with Bobby Kennedy recently. While I've spoken with him a number of times before, I want to share some thoughts and tie this in uh, to a larger issue. He says, first, let me begin by telling you uh, a bit about my observations related to RFK Jr. Bobby is a very smart and charismatic, charismatic guy. He's exactly the type of person you would expect to be heir to the Kennedy's name. He has also been a warrior on the vaccine issue since well before it was popular. Bobby, along with several others, uh, realized the dangers of vaccines many years ago. Yeah, I've been on board since the 90s, since the, um, the anthrax vaccine and the, the squalene and the, the Gulf War syndrome. So uh, I've been, uh, and that's when I started looking into it. So early 90s. So what's that, 20 years now? Yeah, but so over 20 years. No, 30 years, actually. 30 years I've been uh, against these things because uh, they're dangerous. And I knew it then. Uh, they didn't change. They didn't get better suddenly. They didn't get safer. 
Oh, the vaccine's safe and effective. No, it's not. That's a psyop. <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the perfect psyops. Wear a mask; you'll prevent uh, getting COVID. That's a psyop. You know, stay at home; you'll be safer. That's a psyop. Close your business; you'll you you'll stop spreading. That's a psyop. You know, don't be a super spreader. That's a psyop. All these things are psyops. Psychological operations. Anyway, he says Bobby, along with several others, realized the dangers. Okay, right there you go. Realized the dangers of vaccines many years ago, and despite the unpopularity of their positions, in other words, they don't need your approval, right? They, if something's unpopular and people stand by it, it means they don't need other people's approval, which is just what we were talking about with Wendy. Right? And it says uh, unpopularity of their positions stood for what was right over what was easy. Um, I hope I don't sound arrogant, but we've kind of done that at Action Radio all along, ever since um, February of 2020, when we said the vaccines weren't needed, uh, we have early treatments, uh, the government response is a complete and total hoax. And then, of course, later on, we talked about how lockdowns, masks, and everything else were designed to preserve COVID, not to cure it. Because if they wanted to cure it, they could have cured it by uh, mid-July 2020. You know, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, zinc, vitamin D3, vitamin C, the Solenco protocol would have knocked it on its butt. And about uh, from uh, January when it first discovered in the United States to June, what's that, six months? Would have been gone in six months. But no, they want to preserve it so they can get vaccines, so they can preserve it to this day. So everything that happened was by design. There, there was no COVID epidemic. There was, a, there was a government epidemic of power. Freedom would have cured it. Back to the article. If we look at the issue, there are numerous substantial reasons to believe the CIA was involved with the murder of the Kennedys. Without rehashing the already well-documented evidence, the most recent discussions from RFK and Tucker Carlson provide a legitimate reason for us to ask questions. Those questions are bolstered by the same bizarre behavior by the people accused of covering up their organization's involvement with murder. Namely, instead of making the actual documents and evidence available to the public to demonstrate their innocence, Tucker and anyone else, anyone else asking a question, a conspiracy theorist, while continuing to violate, violate the law by refusing to release the documentation. Guess what? That's a psyop. Okay, I didn't realize that the, I was going to be able to make that connection when I picked this article this morning. That's a psyop. Again, what I've said, anytime someone accuses you of being a conspiracy theorist, you return with, well, that's just a psyop. That's not real. You're just engaged in a psychological operation. You're making that up. It's a bunch of nonsense. Prove it. Prove that my theory is wrong. Go ahead, prove it. You know, and then, then you stop these people. So just remember, it's a psyop. So when someone calls you a conspiracy theory, it's because they're, they're trying to cover up something true. All right, so if you keep that in mind, you know, some, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're just trying to cover up the truth. Huh? <laughs> you know, so, so have these things in your head ready because you'll appear far more powerful and far more engaged, you know, if you can say them right away. Always have a good line ready. Store them up because you never know when you're going to need them. You know, that's just a psyop. You should have like three things at your disposal. Well, you just, you know, I said, you, you know, or that's a conspiracy theory. Well, you're just engaged in a psyop. You know, you, you, you don't, you, you either refuse to believe the truth or you refuse to look at the truth or you're covering up a, you're covering up a lie. You know, conspiracy theorists is code for I'm covering up a lie. So just throw it back on my face. Anyway, so it says, so then it says, this goes back to the question I kept asking with no answer on COVID, the elections, and now the Kennedy assassination. Why are they hiding things if they have nothing to hide? Ooh, that's a great size psychological question. Why are you hiding things when you have nothing to hide? You say you have nothing to hide. Well, then why are you hiding things? PSYOP. Everything's PSYOP. The real answer to the question, back to the article, is that they do, in fact, have many things to hide. I, Tucker 
Kennedy, and many others, that would include us at Action Radio, have made the accusations in good faith. It is now up to the other side to show that we are wrong. So go ahead and prove me wrong. That's why I say when someone calls me a racist, go ahead and prove it. How are you going to do that? Show me the evidence where I have discriminated against somebody you know, based on their race, where I have purposely insulted, degraded, made derogatory comments about anything simply because of a different race. You ain't going to find it. You know, I, I don't relate to race. It, it, has, it holds no value to me to, to define people by the color of their skin. I just don't. Don't think that way. Then it says showing we are wrong requires more than simply calling, a conspir- calling us conspiracy theorists while continuing to hide the evidence. It, necess- it necessitates a true and transparent, let me brighten my screen a bit so I can read it, transparent sharing of all evidence. So in other words, prove it. You know, if, you, if you say that's a conspiracy theory, prove it it's a conspiracy theory. Go ahead. You know, show me what you got. Show me your evidence. Climate change. We know climate change is, is a conspiracy theory. It's a theory to, uh, to bring us all to communism. Everybody knows that, especially the people who are doing it. Then it says we have made the claim of our, that our government, a government for and of and by the people, reportedly, was involved in the murder of a president. There is zero justification for secrecy in this 60 years later, especially in light of the fact that we now have evidence the same people funded the creation of COVID. We are well past the point that deflecting uh, that deflecting by calling us conspiracy theorists is going to stand as an excuse. Show us the documents. I'll tell you another one good too. And I was thinking about this the other day as well, that the same people who are telling you uh, that the COVID vaccine is safe and effective when you know damn well it's not a vaccine, it's not safe and it's not effective, are telling you, you know, and they're doing this for, for our own good? No, they're doing it for their own good because they want to depopulate or, or just uh, have a, you know, a massive war against anybody they don't like. Of course, they're killing off the compliant people. That's the strange part about this. I don't think they th- really thought this through. So the rebels, we rebels, we're not taking the, the jab. So we're going to be around. <laughs> you know, the compliant ones, that's another story. You know, all, all the, the liberal activists that, uh, that uh, proudly took their jab and tried to get everybody else to do it and shamed people into it. You know, they're the ones who are suffering. Anyway, but the thing is, why would you believe that the people who are trying to kill you with a COVID jab are trying to save you by getting rid of carbon dioxide? That doesn't make sense. So the same people can't, do both, can't want to both kill you and save you at the same time. That's irrational, right? Standing on the accelerator and the brake. It's like our irrational approach to economics. So it's reasonable to believe that the people who are giving you a known dangerous substance, the COVID jab, are also uh, lying when they say that we have to get rid of carbon dioxide when the truth is we need more of it. We need a lot more of it. You know, it's only 0.4% of the atmosphere. It's less than half a percent of the atmosphere. How can less than half, of, half a percent of air, you know, block heat? That means there's 99.6%, you know, of gases, not carbon dioxide. Interesting, huh? So anyway, like I say, when someone says that's a conspiracy theory, just say you're engaging in a PSYOP. That's a psychological operation. Prove it's a conspiracy theory. Go ahead, prove it. Well, you have to prove your, your, your theory. Ah, I've already done that. You know, I've already stated my evidence. You prove it's a conspiracy theory. You prove that it doesn't, you prove it's, a, you know, I can prove it's a psyop because you're lying. Because the evidence is overwhelming for what I'm saying. It's not a theory at all. It's reality. You call it a theory, but that doesn't mean anything. Back to the article. In light of the fact that the CIA is part of the executive branch, the president has exclusive control over secrecy classification, and there is absolutely no other real accountability by this group of unelected and even unnamed people. It is simply an anathema to our republic that the only response to these accusations 60 years later is to call it a conspiracy theory while in the documents. Does anyone actually think that the one elected person in the nation, the president, any president, 
that has any control over these people can actually keep up with all that they are doing. No, you can't. That's why I have to fire most of them. <laughs> the only way to keep track of people is get rid of them and take their security clearance. We the people are tired of lies and this swamp of lies. Time to come clean and show us just how innocent you are. Unless you aren't. This is why we need a new hearing. We need a new church committee. Then, okay, and that's it. So uh, that was interesting. <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, but it's a good question. All right, let's go to now. So Tom Renz, uh, I've tried to contact. I post on his uh, sites, our vaccine product liability bill, our big tech censorship bill. Don't know if he knows about it or not. So I, I like to be uh, accurate when I talk about things. I know Dr. Naomi Wolf knows about our vaccine product liability legislation because she liked my comment when I talked about our vaccine product liability legislation. So I know she read it. Now, did she read the bill? I don't know. I, I would hope so. But what I really wish she would do is cover one of her articles. Same thing with Steve Kirsch. I was actually uh, texting back and forth with Steve Kirsch for a while. And uh, I'm like, Steve, dude, can you cover our vaccine product liability bill? And of course, he never has. So I'm wondering, and this is a little off topic, but I'm wondering if these people don't want to solve the problems. That once the problem is solved, they'll have nothing to talk about. That they're, you know, this is really cynical, but I'm wondering if they're, and secretly, they're, it's like police that don't want crime solved because they want job security. Well, I can't have people having guns solving crimes because, I, you know, I got to keep working. I got a family to feed and I, I want to get my pension. I want to get my 20. Well, that's not legitimate. Then your living is illegitimate. If you're, if you're being a cop, you know, for the sole purpose of, uh, um, you know, maintaining job security by taking guns from people and supporting gun control, <laughs> then you shouldn't be a cop. You know, uh, it's crazy. Same thing here. You know, are, is there, are these people, and I don't know, I'm just speculating, but it seems to me that the people who know the solution, who know that vaccine product liability is the solution, should at least cover it. Now, if they cover it and say, we never think this is going to pass, we don't think it's going to work, Congress will never go for it, I can live with that. You know, of course, you get enough people behind, uh, it, it will pass, and it will, it will, Congress will change it. You know, if Trump endorses this, it'll be a major issue. Okay? But I, I don't care if these people say that, but at least they'll cover the bill. Their opinion is up to them. Now, I'll try and persuade him differently, but that's different. So this one, the outspoken with Dr. Naomi Wolf, who appears regularly with Emerald Robinson, who's the only person in major media that had me on her show talking about the vaccine product liability bill. So kudos to Emerald Robinson, but she only had me on once. You know, I need to be on every week, you know, like some of her other guests. Or Steve Bannon. How many times have I written Steve Bannon saying, Steve, dude, you keep talking about the economy and the debt ceiling. The solution is a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. It's one line. It's very simple. Has he had me on the show? No. I don't know if he knows the solution because the minions might be heading off the emails. That's the part we don't know yet. So Naomi Wolf says UK media regulator Ofcom, that's Ofcom, O-F-C-O-M, goes after me, that's Naomi Wolf, Mark Stein, uh, for telling the truth. Says after a seven-month investigation into GB News, Ofcom, Censors, censor, censures, Mark Stein, me, being Naomi Wolf, for accurate info uh, of Pfizer documents via 3,500 medical and scientific experts showing harm to women and babies. So what she's doing, she's broadcasting the truth about Pfizer. Pfizer kills women and children. So women and children first? Yeah, well, they, you know, because we know the Pfizer vaccine is deadly. Oh, actually, there's a video that's, uh, uh, that was sent to me that's on our, our vaccine page. And what's interesting about it is somebody took... Uh, the Pfizer, uh, J&J, um, Moderna, I think maybe AstraZeneca, they took another one. But anyway, uh, or maybe they just had a, had a clean blood supply. But they took the three vaccine jabs, which are vaccines. And what they did with them was they dropped droplets 
uh, from a needle, you know, of, of the COVID jab onto samples of blood. And what happened to the blood was terrifying. You know, the blood coagulated, the blood uh, dispersed, the blood clumped up, the blood uh, did weird stuff. The white blood cells died. And all, this, all these horrible things happened when they looked at it under a microscope. But even seeing it for, for just naked eye, you could see that there were big gaps in spaces and the blood had a terrible reaction to these jabs. Well, well how come nobody's ever done that before? How come nobody's ever taken a sample of blood and dripped in uh, COVID, uh, you know, jab material to uh, see what it does? Well, now we know. It's out there. It's on my page. <laughs> you know, Greg Pine was. Um, but uh, that's a problem. Um, but it, it's so bad that, you know, people aren't even looking at it. Anyway, censorship. So censorship is to stop truth. That's what censorship is for. All right. They'll say it's to remove, you know, excessively violent, you know, lewd material, you know, sexually offensive material. No, it's not. That's a psyop. So the psyop is to convince you that the truth is disinformation from the people who lie to you. I can write that down. I think that's pretty good. The psyop is the people, you know, um, convince you that, that the truth is actually disinformation from the people that are lying to you. Yeah, I'll have to write that down somewhere. It's pretty cool. Article says, Dr. Naomi Wolf, May 9th, yesterday. Here is UK media regulator Ofcom's Orwellian announcement today censoring Mark Stein, GB News, and me. I'm not sure who GB News is. Great Britain News? I don't know, whatever. Or whatever. Anyway, it says, uh, after its seven months long investigation into my comments on Mark Stein's show, in which I correctly presented harms to women and babies that are tabulated in Pfizer's own internal documents. Ofcom's conclusion is not that I was wrong. <laughs> I was right in warning women via primary source evidence in Pfizer's own documents about damage to their babies, placentas, and breast milk, but rather Ofcom claims that my comments were harmful even though I was telling the truth. You know, that's the same thing. So harmful in what way? And harmful to whom? To Pfizer? To Dr. Fascist and the health Nazis and the, and the, and the government? Who is it harmful to? You know, why don't we have the manifesto? Why don't we have the manifesto of the trans murderer in Nashville? Well, it's too dangerous. The public can't see it. Well, why is it too dangerous? What's in there? I mean, I can imagine things probably a lot worse than is actually in there. You know, I mean, again, the narrative. You can't see it. We've got a secret. We know more than you. We control the information. You can't know that this person, you know, condemned all white people, condemned all Christians, said that all Christians should be dead, said that all Christian children should be dead. You don't know, you know, I mean, is that in there? I don't know. I can imagine it is. But you know, until we find out, you know, what's uh, it's a You can't know the truth. We will tell you what the truth is for you that we want you to know. That's a psyop. Keeping the manifesto is a psyop. Everything's a psychological operation, as, I, as I'm kind of finding right now. Anyway, it says here in the uh, – I read that part. Um, but so, yeah, oh, remember the, the, the other two big ones are the Global Disinformation Index uh, and NewsGuard. Those are the two things in the United States that taxpayers pay for uh, so the government can censor us, <laughs> censor the news. And so you never find out the truth. And it's going to get worse with artificial intelligence because then they're going to actually make up you know, what they're going to call truth. And they're going to say, you know, four out of five scientists – in other words, AI, <laughs> you know, think this way. Well, it's not true. Anyway, uh, all right, so here we go. Ofcom finds GB News in breach of broadcasting rules for a second time. That's the regulator headline. And Ofcom, I don't know what Ofcom stands for, but I'll see if I can find out in the article. Ofcom investigation has today found the Mark Stein program, which first aired on GB News on October 4th, 2022, in breach of broadcasting rules. Oh, that's interesting. What is, what, is, is truth against the rules? That's what it sounds like. 
It says the program included an interview between presenter, Mark Stein, and guest, Dr. Naomi Wolf. During the interview, Naomi Wolf, Naomi Wolf made serious claims about the COVID-19 vaccine, including that its rollout amounted to a premeditated crime. <laughs> of course it did. Mass murder. Of course it did. And was comparable to the actions of doctors in pre-Nazi Germany, which it is. Ofcom received 422 complaints and alleged these comments were, quote, dangerous and included misinformation that went unopposed. See, that's the thing. So anything that goes against their propaganda is labeled misinformation. So in other words, truth is misinformation to a propagandist. I can write that down too. Truth, to write it down. So truth is misinformation, I-S-I-N-formation, to a propagandist. I'm actually doing pretty well today with some of the slogans. To a propagandist, P-R-O-P, propagandist. I'll probably be on Facebook later, <laughs> but that's true. All right. Then it says the program included an interview. Okay, I read that. Premeditated crime, mass murder. Okay, there we go. It is important to stress that in line with the right to freedom of expression, broadcasters are free to transmit programs that include controversial and challenging views, including about COVID-19 vaccines or conspiracy theories. In other words, psyops. However, alongside this editorial freedom, the Broadcasting Code imposes a clear requirement that if such content has the potential to be harmful, potential to be harmful, the broadcaster must ensure that its audience is adequately protected. What do you mean protected? From what, the truth? <laughs> Look, I learned about the Holocaust when I was 10 years old. I saw the pictures. And it was a special called The World at War. I knew all about the Holocaust. Was I protected from that? It's kind of horrifying. It's supposed to be horrifying. That's the whole point. We talked about it uh, at school the next day, you know, all of us 10-year-olds. Hey, did you see that last night? That was the Holocaust. Wow. Can't believe that happened. You know, we're 10 years old. We're talking about, you know. But we knew. Did it stunt our growth? Did it uh, prevent us from developing uh, into mature adults? No. So what information is possibly so bad that we can't know it? See, the worst violation is not knowing the information. That's the crime. That's the horrible crime is being denied the information. So you can't make a decision because you're not, you know, you're not getting what's going on. But think about this. Their idea of freedom of expression is a freedom to say things that, you know, you have the freedom of expression as long as you don't say things that we think are harmful. Well, that's not freedom of expression. That's a psyop. That's a psychological operation to convince you that, yes, you have freedom of expression, but the free, that freedom is dependent on saying what we want you to say. That's a psyop. That's an irrationality that is impossible to be. And yet that's what they're saying. So what is harmful? So in other words, uh, you know, in fact, are you, you know, is it illegal to broadcast lies? No, it's not. It happens all the time. Look at the Russia hoax, which was another psyop to convince you that Trump was an asset of Russia. Well, that was insane. That was crazy. He didn't even have a, he didn't even have a hotel there. You would think that if Donald Trump was an asset of Russia, he'd have a whole hotel chain. You know, the, the, the Moscow, Moscow Trump Towers. But he didn't. Didn't have a single hotel in Russia. Well, he's really got a lot of influence there, doesn't he? Anyway, but these are all psyops. These things, you know. And so, but the fascinating part is says broadcasters must ensure its audience is adequately protected and free from harm. In other words, you aren't smart enough to know what's good or bad. You aren't smart enough to know what's true or a lie. You aren't, you aren't mature enough to handle information that we don't water down and give you. That's what they're saying. 
So freedom of expression really means the freedom of the government to limit expression. That's what freedom of expression is to these folks. Freedom of expression is the freedom of government to limit expression in any way they see fit. Back to the article. Our investigation concluded that GB News fell short of this requirement by allowing Naomi Wolf to promote a serious conspiracy theory without challenge or context. What is a serious conspiracy theory as opposed to a humorous one or a light conspiracy theory? So are conspiracy theories worse if they're serious? So how about a non, what, what's a non-serious conspiracy theory look like? See, this is what words, why words are so important. So in other words, our investigation concluded, this is what the article says, our investigation concluded that GB News fell short of this requirement to protect the audience. Well, in other words, if the government tells you you have to protect the audience from anything that uh, you know, the government thinks might be harmful, you've got to protect them from everything. And where's that line? So unless you broadcast it and the government says, well, that was harmful. And even if they do, it doesn't matter. But there's no freedom of expression if you're under the chilling effect that you have to guess what the government thinks is going to be harmful. Because you're always going to guess more strictly than what, uh, what they might do. And they're fine with that. That's the whole point. This is a psychological operation. This is a PSYOP. The PSYOP is you are always going to be on guard for information that we might think is harmful. And so they're going to censor everything because they don't want to have the government label them as harmful or as said, they're releasing unprotected information. See, this is why these labels are so good. But it's all psychological. It's all a psychological operation. Oh, here we go. Uh, and it says there was no scrutiny uh, of the evidence she claimed to hold to support her claims. Well, the, you know, the evidence is clear. It's, it fires his own documents. <laughs> okay. So, in other words, the PSYOP here is that the documents that Pfizer themselves you know, made up over the, the COVID jab and women and babies you know, all the injuries and deaths that resulted from that, you know, reading Pfizer's own documents was somehow harmful. Well, it's harmful to Pfizer. It's harmful to the government. It's not harmful to the people who hear it. What's harmful is not hearing it when the babies die. That's harmful. Then it says, we also took into account that the program presented Naomi Wolf as a figure of authority. Well, yeah, she's a doctor and an expert. She actually is an authority. Right? Then it says, with particular knowledge and expertise in the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines. Okay, let's talk about this expert thing once and for all, because I used to get this all the time with a caller. Well, you're not a doctor. You can't have an opinion. Oh, really? So how am I going to know if the doctor is telling the truth or not if I can't have an opinion, if I can't ask questions? You know, who's to, and what's the record of your experts? Where, where do they stand? Have they done what they said they've done? You know, the experts have killed a million people, and the, the non-experts, the rebels, would have saved most of them. So who's the expert? If an expert kills a million people, can you call them an expert? Well, no. If an expert on climate change can't prove it, that the evidence is all against them, are they an expert? No, they're a liar. So this whole idea, this is, this is how they get around it. So what they're saying is you can't question an expert because they're an expert and you're not. Oh, really? I can read the studies they can read. You know, I can uh, do all kinds of things that they can do. But there's still that thing. It's, it's a very powerful thing, you know, when they say you're not an expert. Okay. Well, I'm an expert in citizen legislation. I'm pretty much an expert investigator, too. I'm an expert in all kinds of things. I'm an expert at asking questions. Oh, here's my new defense. You know, so I may be not an expert in medicine, but I'm an expert at asking questions. I'm an expert in investigating. I'm an expert at, at logic and reason. So in that regard, I bring my expertise to their expertise, and let's see who's the real expert. Let's see how their expertise stacks up against mine. I'm going to use that from now on. I like that. You know, I, you know, so, you know, so expert. 
So you have to think, what are you an expert in? Are you an expert at, uh, like I said, me, interviewing, questioning, investigating, uh, discerning truth from lie? I'm pretty good at it. So expert in investigations. I'm an expert in research. How do you think I write all these bills? I don't research. Investigation research. What else am I an expert in? If anybody wants to call up and tell me what you're an expert in, that would be kind of interesting. Research. Uh, what else? Investigation research. Another thing I said. Reason logic. I had an argument with somebody the other day on Facebook, and they were talking, we were talking about uh, why Nazis are left-wing. And it's really fascinating because here's, here's the cult of the – this is actually a really good example for the cult of the expert. So what this person said was when I said that uh, – you know, they're talking about uh, right-wing Nazis. I said that's impossible because the right-wing, as you know – in fact, if you look at a graph of any previous show, it will be on this one too when I'm done. Any graph will show you that um, experts that, – excuse me, that, uh, that Nazis are left-wing simply because of what, the, what Nazi stands for, National Socialist German Workers' Party. Well, socialists we know are leftists. So if, if Nazis include the word socialist in the title, Nazis are leftists too. First evidence. <laughs> you know, anytime you hear People's Democratic Republic or, or you know, Workers' Party or anything like that, you know that's leftist by definition. So for the second reason, Nazis are leftists. Okay? You know that on the uh, scale of political, um, you know, uh, the left and right political scale, totalitarianism, total government is on the left. You know that Nazis are total government, controlling everything, therefore Nazis are on the left. I mean, this is so easy. This is, you know, this is my expertise, logic, reason, questions, you know, and investigation. Those are, that's my expertise, right? You know, I'm making charts like liberty. So, you know, the anarchy is on the right. The, the extreme right is anarchy, which is no law, which means no government. So you can't say a totalitarian government like the Nazi government is really an anarchistic government with no government at all. That's just irrational. That makes no sense. Therefore, the, the Nazis cannot be right wing because they, in fact, had a government. A true right-wing government doesn't exist because right-wing is anarchy. There's no law. There's no government. So you can't say Nazis are right-wing unless you're an idiot or you believe the propaganda. So enter the expert. This is where the expert comes in. I'm going to garbage truck outside. It's a little bit noisy. I don't know if you can hear it. I can hear it. Hopefully it's not getting into the microphone, but that's okay. So, so the, the expert so then he comes in and says, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm citing university sources. Well, of course, they're wrong. They said, you know, um, that said that Nazis are right wing. Well, well, so prove it. I said, that's not true. I just proved they're left wing. I gave you a, a, a cogent, coherent, logical argument with multiple points proving that for a ton of reasons, Nazis are all left wing, just as socialist, communist, fascist, Nazis are leftists. Well, no, this university document says this. So in other words, he said, because it's a university document, it must be true. Really? Or, or another source or a political document or things like that. I said, all you've done is cite an incorrect source, but you can't prove your argument. And if you can't prove your argument, you can cite all the sources you want. That's like saying Dr. Fascist says you should take the vaccine as safe and effective because he's an expert. But he can't stand up to scrutiny. He can't stand up to criticism. He can't stand up to investigation. He can't stand up to logic, reason, or research. So, yeah, he probably is an expert. But that's not the point. <laughs> you know, he's an expert at death. He's an expert at mayhem. He's an expert at being a psychopath. That's what he's an expert at. That's his expertise. He's an expert at making money at getting grants out to companies and universities uh, and licensing products and, and patenting things so that all the money comes back to him. That's where his expertise is. He's a paper pusher. I don't think he's ever even seen a patient. Oh, there's a question for you. Well, tell me, has your, has, your, has your expert Dr. Fascist ever seen a patient? Well, that's not important. He's an expert. It is important. If he's never saved anybody, cured anybody, treated anybody, he's not an expert. He's a theoretician. 
probably a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> you know, and we keep going around in these circles. So an expert, you know, if, you, if you're going to throw the – so the expert thing is meaningless if they're making an incorrect argument. You know, just by virtue of, of a degree or a source like a university, you know, or all these things. You know, what if they said – what if a university said back in the old days the earth was flat? Well, they were experts, you know, well, or, or the church that condemned Galileo when he said that the earth revolves around the sun. He eventually said the sun revolves around the earth, so he didn't get executed. He's not stupid. You know, so people do things like that. You know, he, the, the choice, would you, how, how much would you maintain your truth? Would you get shot against a wall? Or would you say two plus two is five? You know, I, I'd say, I might say two plus two is five, but I, I'd know that two plus two is four. But I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get shot, you know, because I can be more useful alive. But that's the cult of the expert. So the expert has to prove what they're saying against your expertise. So and I had a caller say this. Well, do you know as much as a Supreme Court judge? And I tried to answer it. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a trick question because obviously the answer is no, you know, as, in terms of the law. But then I said, well, okay, let's, let's, take, uh, let's compare expertise. Let's see if their expertise stands up to my expertise, and let's take a look at the Constitution. That's a little bit longer way of doing it, but um, I think, it's, you know, I, I like that. I like this angle. In other words, um, be the river. Flanking maneuvers, mental flanking maneuvers. And so the answer is, well, let's see if their expertise stands up to my expertise. Well, let's take a look. And there you go. All right, coming up to 9 o'clock, a little bit more here. I'll get one more article, and then we'll take a little break, and I'll get to uh, my interview. So the third one I found this morning, 10 minutes before the show, <laughs> you know, uh, they show, they're, they're last minute because there's not a lot of news out there that I want to cover. I don't care about Trump's lawsuits. In other words, like I say, a judge immediately overturned that. You know, let's find a judge in Texas or Florida that says the New York, uh, we're, we're suspending the verdict. We're overturning that verdict. We're, we're overruling it. We're setting aside, I believe, the term. We're setting aside that verdict because it's impossible to reach given the information. That verdict was impossible to reach. Therefore, we're setting it aside. That's what a judge should do. So intellectual takeout, one of my favorite sources, rediscovering meaningful skills with Ray Bradbury's gardener. I thought that title was intriguing. I haven't even read this one. I haven't even read yet. But it was a meaningful enough title. I thought, this is kind of cool or interesting enough title. Rediscovering Meaningful Skills with Ray Bradbury's Gardener. So, and it's, uh, this is from uh, the philosophy section, May 9th. So yesterday, this is all yesterday. Jordan Alexander, not to be confused with Jordan Peterson. Jordan Alexander says, and here's a quote from the article, everyone must leave something behind when he dies. My grandfather said, a child or a book or a painting or a house or action radio or a wall built on a pair uh, of uh, shoes made or a pair of a wall built or a pair of shoes or a garden planted, something your hand touched some way to uh, so your soul has somewhere to go when you die. And when people look at that tree or that flower you've planted, you're there. It doesn't matter what you do, he said, so long as you change something from the way it was before you touched it into something that's like you after you take your hands away. The difference between a man who just cuts lawns and a real gardener is the touching, is in the touching, he said. The lawn cutter might just as well not have been there at all. The gardener will be there a lifetime. That's fascinating to me. And, uh, and I'm reading this and thinking, well, you know, uh, what have I left behind? Action radio, a book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction, uh, eight years of... Uh, Tours in San Francisco, people that had a good time for the most part. <laughs> I mean, not everybody, but I'd say, you know, 98% of the people, you know, enjoyed my tours. And that, that was thousands of people. By the way, I told all those people that one day I was going to be a talk host. Uh, and uh, to, if they ever heard me, 
you know, to uh, let me know that you're on one of my tours. So I'm still waiting for somebody who's on one of my tours uh, to, to call in or text in or Skype in or something like that. Yeah, Greg, it's on one of your tours. I think when I get a lot more famous, that's going to happen all the time. So special priority, I'm gonna, when I get my producer, I'll tell special priority to anybody that was on one of my tours. <laughs> that was funny. So I touched a lot of people. Touched a lot of people doing singing telegrams, uh, including the time I sat in Nancy Pelosi's lap because I was her congratulations singing telegrams. Definitely touched her, sitting right in her lap. <laughs> hey, babes. <laughs> I actually called Nancy Pelosi babes. That was kind of fun. You know, back uh, 40 years ago when that was. It was back in my 20s. No, actually about 35 years ago. Yep, it happened. It's a true story. I didn't know who she was then, but as soon as I saw her, you know, and, and when she made Nancy Pelosi in Congress, I said, really? I know who that is. Because during her, uh, when she won the election in 1987, I was doing seeing telegrams, and I was sent to the North Beach restaurant in San Francisco to do a congratulations for a woman who had just won a seat in Congress. Well, there weren't many women you know, winning seats in Congress in 1987, especially in San Francisco. It was like two districts, or maybe, maybe it was just like one district. Well, it's Nancy Pelosi. Someone's got a picture of me in Nancy Pelosi's lap, and I want to see it <laughs> at the age of like 27. That would be funny. That would be hysterical. But anyway, uh, who else have I touched? Um, all the students I taught to fly, and all the students I took up, and all the students I trained partially on uh, the instrument, the commercial, the multi-engine, uh, the students I got to solo, to cross-country, to get their license, uh, touch those people. So I've, I, I, I'm actually kind of proud of what I've left behind. Where do we leave action radio behind? That's going to be massive. That's a massive thing to leave behind, I think, uh, because it may change politics forever. That's what I'm hoping anyway. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, I, you know, uh, I'm pretty comfortable with what I've left behind so far. I just want to leave a lot more behind. What have you left behind? Back to the article. From Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, 451, this quote encapsulates one of the novel's main themes. The importance and beauty of being attentive to the present. In the modern era, we are faced with the constant temptation of immediate gratification. As I'm writing this, my phone buzzes with distractions and my email looms in the background demanding the attention that I must give my writing. It's easier than ever to let these distractions consume us, to forget about the hands-on pieces of reality, and to ignore the meaningful moments in front of us. In this way, the world today offers us the ability to passively move through life. In other words, blue pill people in the matrix. Then it says the gardener is an antidote to this. As any real-life gardener could tell us, gardening requires steady commitment over days, weeks, months, and even years. The gardener takes the time and attention to foster something delicate and precious. He takes the time, he, right? <laughs> he takes the time to plant seeds and tend to growing life. He puts care and energy into pulling the weeds, watching the, watering the flowers, and vigilantly watching for pests. This gardening is not filled with immediate results, but it is full of meaningful res- uh, not filled with immediate results, but it is full of meaningful results. He says, even though these moments of hard work in the garden. Um, through these moments of hard work in the garden, the effort the gardener puts in is variable, valuable. Excuse me. I'm not reading well today. Why am I not reading well today? Didn't you glasses or something? Maybe it's the print font or something. Sometimes it's a little thin or something like that. Let me start this paragraph again. Even though those moments of hard work in the garden, I'll try again, even through, sorry about that, through those moments of hard work in the garden, the effort the gardener puts in is valuable. The personal touch and care that the gardener gives to the plants can be healing and gratifying. And those hours spent weeding are difficult yet rewarding because of what awaits when the flowers bloom. This garden is also something that the gardener leaves behind, a mark on the world uh, uh, that others can't appreciate. This is why builders and architects are proud of their work. They leave something behind, right? This is in contrast, the long cutter whips through the yard to slice down the grass, doing the minimum to prevent overgrowth. 
he is above the grass, letting blades impersonally cut where what they you know where they go, cut away what they do, what they must go. That he is above the grass, letting blades impersonally cut away what must go. There we go. The lawn cutter is detached and doesn't give the same level of personal touch and attention to his task as the gardener. And in turn, the lawn cutter doesn't leave behind the same meaningful mark at, that the gardener does. In this way, it's worth considering how much or how we interact with the world. Do we live, you know, do we live our whole lives as lawn cutters or do we seek out opportunities that let us be gardeners? Well, I think I'm a gardener. Action Radio is a garden, big garden, a lot of work, a lot of maintenance. Can't just do a formula like, uh, like a lot of stations do. Then it says, this question gets to the heart of what is what we prioritize in life. Do we let our attention be pulled away by ephemera? And are we bogged down by meaningless activities? Facebook. Or are we attending to those moments and activities that let us leave something meaningful behind? An example, many of us, myself included, spend most of our time staring at screens. Whether it's an office job, scrolling on social media, or texting a friend, so much of our lives, lives is consumed by the virtual. It's not virtuous, it's virtual. It's a difference, right? Almost sound the same? Not quite. He says, of course, there's a time and a place for the tools of technology. But when it replaces the here and now, we begin to remove ourselves from the grounding of reality and pull away from the meaning of the gardener. So how do we cultivate the gardener inside of all of us? As the literal activity, gardening may not be the most appealing skill set for everyone. It could be cooking, woodworking, sewing, writing, or another hobby that allows us to, to pay attention to life. Cultivating these real practical skills lets us, lets us each leave our own mark on the world like Bradbury's gardener. These moments and activities aren't flashy. In Fahrenheit 451, the quiet moments stand in contrast to the story's world of wildly fast cars and gigantic television screens. But when those cars and televisions turn off, what will remain of those whose lives were filled with them? Will those people have left something meaningful behind? A child or a book or a painting or a house. Yeah, I got a daughter. <laughs> or a house or a wall built or a pair of shoes made. Rather than cut the lawn, let's garden. Yeah, good point. What are you leaving behind? I don't know. Good question. Something to think about. All right. Um, I think I played my, well, I'll play it. Let me just take a little break right here. What is it now? 9.02. 9.02. Break. Play the last of my commercials, and then we'll get into, then I'll come back and tell you about this interview, which uh, I thought was kind of interesting. Here we go. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? 
If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. <laughs> Such a good time. Uh, let me just try one more more amusing thing for us here. I haven't played uh, this for a little bit, but here we go. Action Radio. Dangerously cool. Okay, so 
in my uh, effort to, to uh, not stand here and talk to myself and, and you guys all day, uh, three-hour monologues, I think it's kind of boring. Um, I try and bring up some of the old interviews from WBY. First of all, no one's heard them for years because when the station was bought out, you know, they're not going to broadcast those, those shows again. And secondly, some of them are really good. <laughs> Actually, a lot of them are really good. Um, the action radio hour that I got to do. So I got to do one hour of action radio at WBY. And of course, you're on Block Talk because it's my show. I get to do three hours. <laughs> so that, that kind of works out a lot better. All right. So this is one of the uh, things I learned about this area is hurricanes. And so I, I went to this, having not been through a hurricane, I eventually ended up in Sally, I think, two years ago. Sally was, was pretty dramatic. Uh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, the, the storm surge was like 14 feet. Um, and so the water came up over the gazebo, which is down by the waterfront. It's this big place that uh, they do weddings and things in there. It's like a band shell. Uh, and it got halfway up uh, towards Willing Street, but that was it. It could have been a lot worse. Anyway, so that was the storm surge. But I've been, been interested in hurricanes, you know, being a pilot and being a, a weather person. So this is kind of a, a fascination for a while. And I got an invitation um, to go to the, um, the, the, the hurricane preparedness, the emergency response folks in Santa Rosa County, Florida. And so I had such a good time. I said, you, know, you guys got to come on the show. And so two of them, Sarah Whitfield and Brad Baker, predominantly Brad Baker, because that's his job. Uh, Sarah was doing a, a Facebook video at that point. She's one of the information officers. But Brad is the, at the time was the director of hurricanes, emergencies, things like that. And so it's pretty cool. <laughs> both really nice people and both friends of mine. Um, and so I made this. Uh, we, they was in studio. And so the beauty of WBY was we had this beautiful studio, this huge oak table with the varnish on it. It was gorgeous. And the microphones, you know, kind of hanging out there in space. Uh, they were adjustable, these little uh, stand things. But it was a really good time. And so this is one of those shows. Now, this show is interesting because some of the other interviews I've been playing were my first, you know, couple months in radio. And I don't sound as good as I did in this one. This one, you can obviously tell I've been in radio for a while, um, a year and like three months at this point. So March, April, May, June. Yeah, so it was a year and three months. Uh, as you know, WEBY, I was only there for a year and four months, you know, before the station was bought out and uh, you know, I was, uh, my show was dropped. Um, anyway, that happens. You know, it's, it's radio. That happens. Anyway, so this, uh, this um, report here from June 18th of 2018, uh, it's on hurricane, hurricane preparedness. So, so for those folks, and even if you're not in a hurricane zone, uh, you know, general principles apply for blizzards, for earthquakes, all that kind of stuff. Being prepared is being prepared. I mean, the Boy Scouts have to be prepared for a reason. So, any, again, any reference to WBY, the phone number, 686, I think it was, uh, anything other than our information here is part of the recording. Now, the commercials are out. The news breaks are out. You know, some 12 minutes has been taken out that you don't need to listen to um, because that, that was WBY stuff. But this, you know, the interview is actually mine, <laughs> you know, because I did it. Um, and so that's, that's how that works. Anyway, so the number here, 215-383-3832, if you call me during this broadcast, you know, I'm not going to answer um, just because. But I'll answer. We'll have a few minutes left when we're done uh, with the interview. And also, uh, so our number here, 215-383-3832. And obviously, our websites are blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction and writeyourlaws.com uh, is the place for our, our legislative website and our broadcast website. So let me start playing this now. Have some fun. Listen away. Enjoy. And I'll come back and talk to you uh, when it uh, um, do adjust the volume. Let's adjust the volume, and I'll be back to talk to you when it's done. Just like grooving on the surf music here. 
something you don't want to do in a hurricane because it's too big and dangerous and all those nasty things happen. And there are water spouts out there and there's riptides and, oh, what are we going to do? So I've got my hurricane preparedness show here. I've got Sarah Whitfield from the Public Information Office of Santa Rosa County. I have Brad Baker of the Emergency Management Department of Santa Rosa County. Hopefully I have you both uh, correctly named and addressed and titled properly. Sounds good to me. <laughs> there we go. And so we did this last year. It was really kind of fun. And so we're going to do this again to uh, find out all the things we need to know, you know, to prepare for, especially for new people. And so I've encouraged new people to listen in. And the beauty of, of today's show is that we get to podcast this. And so this will be around for people to listen to for the next, you know, six months. It'll be around as long as they want, but at least the next six months. So they can go back and go, what did they say I'm supposed to do? How long should I keep the food? Where do I go? You know, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to work your way through the disaster preparedness guide or tell us what you do or start wherever you want, uh, I'm going to kind of turn the floor over to you guys. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question first out. Do you Uh-oh. know what the number one weather killer for our area is? I actually do. Because I was at your presentation. <laughs> you know, let's ask, let's throw it out, out to the to our listeners. Okay. So right now, if you want to call in, 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. It's a great question. Uh, what, so give it again. Yeah, so what is the number one weather-related killer in our area? Yeah, that's something for people to know because it is, I'm sorry, it's, it, it is, uh, you know, a bit surprising. It's not what you think, and that's, that's, that's why we do this. So what do you do, Brad? What's your job? Well, apparently I'm in your space, so if you need me to move over, you don't have to kick me, man. <laughs> I hit his foot. That's what happened. All right, there we go. No, you're, you're doing fine. You're so okay. uh, okay. I am the Emergency Management Director for Santa Rosa County. We are an all-hazards emergency management agency, so that means if there is a hazard for our area, um, you know, we try to prepare for, mitigate against if we can, respond to and recover from those disasters. So. I was just thinking, would you do, if there was like a, a train, heaven forbid, a, you know, like a train accident uh, mm-hmm. or something? Such or as chemical. the one in East Milton a couple of years ago? Yeah, see, I missed that one. I wasn't here. Yeah. What what happened? Is that something you deal with? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, of course, we, you know, we, we're the liaison for all our fire departments and we coordinate the EMS contract and we work closely with our sheriff's department. So, um, you know, when we have a disaster such as that and, and that train derailed, we, we were very fortunate Actually, with the last two train derailments we've had, that that train derailed and it was um, for the most part empty. And uh, that's good. Yeah, it was. So uh, we did lose a lot of metal on the side of the road because they were hauling some um, scrap metal in, in several of the cars. But all the chemicals were empty, and and uh, actually I learned a little bit from that one too because we went out there and there was a tanker car that was crushed, and uh, I'm like, I didn't. I thought those things held up a little better than that. But being it was empty. Yeah, and, and that allowed it to torque a little more, and you okay. know, where if it had been full, it would have just kind of, you know, dovetailed into the ground. And, and are they double layered now that we're on the subject? They are. Yeah, there are lots of safety things involved, yeah. but uh, people really, really okay. don't realize the amount of hazardous material that goes through our area. If you, if you ever get hung up at a at a rail car, break your phone out and pull up some of those numbers that are on the side of that car, and you'll see what all kind of nasty stuff goes through here. And then, oh wow. And then, you know, with having the chemical plant in pace, there, there's a lot of hazardous cargo that goes across the uh, roadway as well. Okay. So, so which, which raises the question, when people get an alert like shelter-in-place or, or some of the other, what are the different alerts people have with this kind of an emergency? Well, really, it's going to be with the hazardous material. It's either going to be evacuated immediately or shelter-in-place. With okay. some of the chemicals, most of the time we're going to give you a shelter-in-place because... 
you know, we got to take a lot of things in into account. And, you know, with chemicals, it's really about dispersion and, and the, uh, well, what chemical it is as well. But the, yeah. How know, do you shelter in place? What does that mean? So that means get into an interior room and, and close off the air vents and shut down your air condition because it does bring things in from the outside, you know. That's so why we tell people bathrooms the, the best place because you can usually secure it. You know, and, and if you live near a railroad track or you live near a, a chemical plant, you know, we do have a shelter in place video and we have some guide, you know, information in our guide and uh, we'll be happy to talk with them more about that. So, okay. Where know, do they find all this information? Um, well, we have it on our website at www.santarosa.fl.gov and then go to the emergency management page. And, of course, they can call our office at 850-983-5360. Probably give that a few times throughout the, yeah. the course of the and, and we're happy to come out and do your, you know, whatever civic group you got, educational group, whatever. If you have a, a homeowners association or whatever, we're happy to come and talk to you about preparedness. And, uh, you know, that's kind of one of our driving forces because the better prepared you are as an individual, the better prepared your family is, the better prepared our community is, and, and that'll help us get back through the recovery process yeah. faster. This is really something for everybody because I think you'll, f- I don't know if this happens or you have experience where like certain people prepare and then the neighbors don't. And of course, the neighbors are going to come over to your place and it's like if you're prepared, you know, and so it really doesn't help, you know, unless everybody does this, right? That's right. Yeah. And that's the uh, the community mindset we want to get is the better we're prepared as a community, the faster we're going to recover. And, you know, statistically, you know, the faster your community can recover, the better you're going to be because you don't want businesses, businesses leaving. You don't want people leaving. Right. You know, that's kind of the driving force of what, what keeps us. Uh, the community that we want to be is, is our resiliency. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to get into hurricanes, I'm sure, in some detail. Anything else we should uh, be aware of? Any other particular areas that you cover that, that happen around here? We've covered trains. We've got chemicals. We've got uh, all, all the fun stuff. <laughs> There's yeah. lots of like, but you need to know. You know. Yeah. You need to I mean, know. We, we actually have all kind of threats. Um, you know, we our, our latest and greatest one that, that we have uh, tackled is tsunami readiness. This I find interesting. Now, I think we talked about this at the Tropical Town Hall because I'm thinking, where's the earthquake fault? How much water are you going to get here? This doesn't strike me as a tsunami area. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the threat is obviously low because, uh, well, we haven't seen one in my lifetime anyway. Um, but there is a fault line out in the Gulf of Mexico, and there is a lot of sediment that is placed on the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico. It's straight out from the Mississippi River. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's a pretty good shift in the in the depth of the gulf out there. And if you is have like a, a shelf, a kind of yeah, shelf like where the shelf. dividing is. Okay. You know, and that's the one of the great things about where we live is uh-huh. it, it provides a good recreational opportunity if you like to fish. So anytime that you're close to to deep water, that's a good thing. So in that shelf, that sediment um, was to shift and, and, and it could either be done by too much sediment that finally breaks free or you could have a fault line that's out there that in our research that that we partnered with our um our guys out at texas a&m i believe it is Mm -hmm. and um and they did a lot of studies so if there's a 7.2 earthquake near that fault line it could cause that sediment to release and shift down and, and it's really a tsunami. All it is is displacing water, and then that could push it. And, How big a wave are we talking about? We have the potential. The, the science says that we have a potential to get just over 14 feet. 
One, a 14-foot wave? Yeah, 14-foot wave. That's a big wave. That's a big wave. Yeah. So it's a little different than a hurricane surge. I mean, you know, I think we saw just over 15-foot with Ivan, and, and that took out the, the bridge there on I-10. But okay. the difference with the tsunami is it's not going to go as far inland as the, the hurricane surge. Um, but if you're, on the, if you're on the beach, 14-foot wave could really run your day. Yeah, don't surf the big waves, okay? Yeah. Just stay away from there, yeah. So, so what... I remember asking this question in the town hall meeting because I wasn't sure. When you say, if you have a 15-foot storm surge, what exactly does that mean? Well, that's taking into account a lot of things. First of all, that's the water that is being pushed in our direction. And, of course, the direction of the hurricane, the intensity could matter and could not. It's really about the movement of the hurricane Mm -hmm. and the size of the hurricane. So the bigger the hurricane um, geographically um, not necessarily the wind speed, so we don't want to focus on that. But the uh, no one's called to answer our question yet, so we're going to give it again in a minute. So the size of the hurricane, and then the movement, the forward okay. movement. You know, obviously the faster moving hurricane has less time to get that water built up and pushing. So a slow hurricane that is large size mm-hmm. is our worst case scenario. Yeah, it depends what side you're on too. There's different sides of the hurricane. We're talking, We're going to take a little break here in just a little bit. I want to find out exactly what a hurricane is and how it works. And we have the question, what is the most dangerous weather phenomena uh, to you here? And you can call us at 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. My guests are Sarah Whitfield, who is personing the Facebook Live. So we, where are we uh, being broadcast right now? On the Emergency Management Facebook page. Okay, and I have the Emergency Management page on the WEBY Facebook page, so everybody can find that uh, really easily. Uh, let's take a break now. It's 8.15. When we come back, I want to find out what exactly... Uh, is a hurricane. How's it all work and why are they so dangerous to us, especially for the new folks who might be here. And it's 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. This is the Action Radio Hour with Greg Penglis, and we will be right back. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, there's no friends of mine. So this is your disaster preparedness. You can dance. What do you think, Sarah? We can dance. Maybe a little. (laughs) (laughs) When in doubt, we do a lot of dancing here. So Sarah, feel free to join us. I know you've been recording... Uh, dutifully there before. Are we still recording? or is Yes, I just started back. Okay, cause it looks like the lens cap's on, but that's something different there. <laughs> it's just... That's my pop socket. Oh, I have no idea what that is. Should I ask? Yeah, it helps you uh, stabilize your phone okay. when you're recording video, and okay. also it allows you to just kind of set your phone at an angle if you want to watch videos. I need to do that. I need to get something like that, because I want to start doing Facebook Live for all the shows here. Uh, so do you have other Facebook presentations, uh, emergency management, that people can, can take a look at? Yeah, we also have our Santa Rosa County Board of County Commissioners Facebook page. We'll okay. sometimes share information during disasters from our emergency management Facebook page. But okay. the emergency management one is the one you want to be following during a hurricane. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that. How has social media changed how you can inform people about what's going on? Yeah, it's helped us tremendously. I mean, we have a lot of people who follow us. We try to do, you know, cool little postings and, and keep you current on everything yeah. because, you know, we're actually in a media market that that we have to compete with Escambia County, and obviously they're a bigger county. So we try to do anything we can to, to give us that edge back over here to keep our, our people informed. So social like, media has worked great like for us. Like a theme song or like something, you know, trying to work on it, trying to attract attention. 
you know, especially when there's an alert. Where I was trying to find a video on the on the the uh, emergency management page. I don't have it because I want to share that. But that's a, there's like a video section in there that I just don't see. Uh, you may just want to look on our timeline. It may have taken a second to post. Oh, that's probably true yeah. too. Okay, so let's get back to the, the biggest thing around here. And as you said just a, a minute ago, everybody lives in a disaster area. I mean, I was in earthquake uh, country before. People get tornadoes, there are fires, there are floods, there are all kinds of things that can happen. Um, so uh, hurricanes are the big one here. And so what is it and how does it work? And especially for new people that don't understand, how dangerous are these things? Yeah, so a hurricane is, is can be very dangerous. Uh, actually, you know, we saw Irma last year. And, mm-hmm. and I think the one reason why everybody wanted to go get prepared with Irma when it was looked like it could be headed this way is because it was such a large hurricane, and, you know, at one time it was a Category 5. So, I mean, it, That's it's as big as it gets. Right? As big as it gets. So, so that, that got everybody's attention. But, yeah. you know, don't don't base your preparedness on on the, the wind speed. I mean, that's obviously bad if we had a, you know, 180-mile-an-hour wind. That's not good for anybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's so many other dangers. So, basically, it, it's just a low that that pulls and starts spinning out in out in the water and, and you know the, the bigger it is and the slower it's moving the more water it's going to push and you know that's the real killer in hurricanes um, so we're going to answer the question now that we, we posed well, earlier that no one took we are um, but but I'll, let me follow finish that one the real killer in hurricane is the water yeah okay so the the surge is what's going to kill you so we tell people you know run from water and hide from wind and so that means if you live in a surge zone mm-hmm. Um, you need to get out. I mean, that, that's what's going to kill you. And so surge, again, it's so again, if you say like an example, a 15-foot surge, that means the water is going to be 15 feet higher than it, it normally is because the wind of the hurricane is just going to push all that water in? pushing that water. Is that explanation? Yeah, it is. Okay. So, and, and we have a neat little slide on that on our, on our emergency preparedness and in our, in our book. So basically, okay. as, as, you, as the water pushes... You know, we talked about that shelf with the tsunamis. It's the same thing. You know, the water's going to push out in the deep water. Well, then as it gets closer to the shore, our, our shelf kind of comes up pretty pretty dramatic there. Yeah. And then, then all that water's got to go up. Oh, I see. So, so, like, water that was in, uh, like, you know, 300, yeah. 300 feet deep, 1,000 feet, whatever four, it is. Feet. Suddenly, all of a sudden, that same volume of water is now in, like, 2 inches of water. and then you know? all the way up <laughs> yeah. to 15 foot, and then, wow, it's coming on land. So it's got to go somewhere, and it, it can't go up because of gravity, so it's got to go out. Yeah. And then, and then it comes in, inland. And, right and the way. difference between the tsunami and the hurricane is this, this weather phenomenon is pushing it, you know, so it's pushing the water. Where a tsunami, some event happened. Right. And that sur, you know, that wave is coming. But that's going to dissipate over time, that wave. It will. The hurricane is going to maintain its strength Just all the way through. up and pushing okay. it forward, you know. So, um, so a surge is a killer. But the number one um, weather-related killer we have is from rip currents. Okay. Um, we have an alert today uh, through tomorrow yeah, morning. So... In the one thing, and we're always scared about this when we have those small hurricanes like Nate or what was that one sub or what, Alberto? What? Yeah, Alberto, <laughs> but it wasn't a tropical. What, what they call it? Was it was subtropical, a subtropical or something. Like that. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So our concern was, you know, Alberto comes through, it, it churns the Gulf up, and then the sun comes out. Yeah. Well, it takes a while for the Gulf to come back down you know so you have this beautiful sunny sky after this after the subtropical but yet the gulf it is still the water's still upset it, it hasn't yeah it's because it takes a while to settle down right yeah and people who aren't familiar with the gulf of mexico i mean anytime the water comes to the shore 
it has to go back to the Gulf, and that's what a rip current is. You know, it, it's running parallel, and then it's got to go out somewhere. And wherever that point that the water dumps back out into the Gulf, mm-hmm. that's the rip current. That's where it's going to pull you out. And and people who are not familiar and are not good swimmers, they're going to get caught up in that. And uh, you know, it's, it's actually like, like like a river within the the uh, the Gulf water, right. flowing back away from shore. Correct. And so people are caught in And I think the natural tendency of people instinctively is to try and swim against it back into shore. Right. That's like the worst thing you can worst do, Worst right? thing you can do. That's right. Okay. So how, just, do you, how do you get be, out of them? Be calm and, uh, you know, swim parallel to the shore. Try to get out of the rip current and uh, are they easy? To, are they relatively easy to break out of perpendicular? So in other words, you're going back from the shoreline. The shoreline's in front of you. If you can turn left or right 90 degrees and you, you swim. You can typically get out of them. You yes. can. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and that's why we tell people just, you know, if you're not a strong swimmer, the Gulf is, is a dangerous place. And, and you have to be, you know, prepared and you have to be educated. And, you know, I tell people all the time, go out and talk to our lifeguards. Yep. They'll point out the rip current to you. And if you got small kids, just go a different direction and, and, and don't expose that threat. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want... We don't want people to die on our beaches. So. Yeah, and if you've got, like, you know, Fred and Ethel visiting from Kansas with the kids and they've never been to the beach and they don't know what a rip current is, you know, and they're like, oh, that can't be true. Now, now what do you do? I mean, how do you explain it to people? Yeah, so we put signs up. We do social media posts. We do everything we can, but, you know, it's still, it's it's up to the people to be prepared. And, you know, that's the kind of society we need to get back to is personal preparedness, mm-hmm. you know, and, it's really on you to be prepared. We just try to give you all the information we can. Okay. We've got a couple of minutes left before we get to the bottom of the hour news, and then we're going to come back with, with more uh, information on things like zone and, uh, you know, anything. Sarah, do you have anything you want to comment on here? Do you have a... um, yeah, we'll also talk about pet preparedness, too. Oh, we've got to do the pets, because yeah. you should talk about the, the, the pup day. Why don't you give us a little, uh, let folks know when that is and what's going on with that. Yeah, every Wednesday at 7.35 in the morning, you can tune in to WEBY 1330, and you can hear our pup date and cat scan. We'll give you an update on who is available for adoption at our animal shelter. Yeah, and don't drop your animals off when you're evacuating, right? That's right. We do not take your animals when you're evacuating. We do have a pet-friendly shelter, <laughs> though. Oh, that's good. How does that work? Where's where's that? Uh, so depending on the size of the storm and and what we're going to activate, it, it will either be at the Avalon Middle School, or we have done a dual um, general population and pet friendly shelter at the Milton Community Center. So um, just depending, you know, follow us every time because we're not going to open all shelters for every storm. So just follow us on our our Facebook or Twitter or our web page, and we'll give you the latest and greatest of what's going to open when we do have a storm. Okay. So. What we should do is walk through a storm. Okay. You know, and we'll do that when we come back from the news. And, and just for people that want to know, from the from the very first, you know, it's 2,000 miles away in the Gulf or something like that, or in the, the Caribbean, it's just, and it's working its way here to we have to leave right now kind of thing. So I want to go through all those scenarios. And uh, see, we have, but again, like I said, we've got a little bit of time here. If you want to call in, 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. We've got a couple of folks that really know what they're talking about as far as emergency uh, preparedness and, and what to do. And in fact, uh, a little bit of time left. I think I talked about this a bit off the air. Electromagnetic pulse stuff and protecting the power grid. Uh, we had a fascinating guest, um, Dr. Peter Pry, and I'm going to say I sent you the recording of that. Um, but that's not something you guys... That's more of the the like the the uh, power generating industry kind of thing. Yeah, obviously we're interested in it, and we yeah. want our power companies to be prepared. But that is right. Those guys, um, you know, the uh, Gulf Power and the EREC for our area, they okay. they pay attention to stuff like that. I mean, obviously it's a 
it is a threat that is out there. And because um, hurricanes could upset the power grid, I mean, if we lose yeah. power, that's going to be a huge impact on on evacuations. I mean, the word out, you know, everybody's got to have their batteries, you know, and uh, and you know, you guys have to have the emergency generators and all those things. So this it, is yeah. this is part of it. Power drives our recovery. Yeah. Oh, okay. The okay. faster you can get power, um, the faster we get to recovery. Because obviously, where we live. Heat and humidity is huge, and people do not deal with that well for long term. So if you're without air conditioning for a week, mm-hmm. people are getting very tense. So the faster we can get people cooled off, the faster we can get the recovery. So that's so, actually a, uh, and that's a real thing. I mean, people are, they're, you know, because if they're aggravated, they get angrier. If they get angrier, they can get violent. You can have all these mm-hmm. nasty problems, all because you don't have air conditioning. You don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But I know, I remember from San Francisco, I'm going to say we've got the news coming up in a bit. But normally it's 65 degrees in the summertime because the fog rolls in. But that time before the fog starts coming in, when it's like 95, people are miserable to each other. It's just it's a horrible time to be there. And the weather has a huge impact. And you it's don't, real. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, so all these things we can talk about, we're going to sort of, like I say, walk through the whole hurricane scenario when we come back. And if you have a question on any other disasters, we had fires, too, because it was very dry this year. We should talk about fires as well. And anything that uh, you think we should cover, uh, we have uh, half an hour to do it. So we'll come back in a little bit. My guest, Sarah Whitfield, Public Information Office, Brad Baker. You're, you're, you're the guy. You're the director of it, right? Emergency Management Director? That is me. There we go. Okay. We'll be back in just a little bit on 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. This is Greg Penglis. This is our Action Radio Hour. Your action is to be prepared. Come on, folks, you got to boogie with me. Yes, we got Brad Baker doing the John Travolta impression. Now, this isn't just about staying alive in a hurricane and being prepared. There's actually a reason we are playing this song, which I shall let Brad Baker, Emergency Management Director, elaborate upon. Sir. Yeah, so talking about going out to your community and helping, that's another thing that we, we encourage is being prepared on all levels. So... You know, obviously, we teach um, first aid and we teach CPR and and um, what are classes? I want to go. So weekly class that is is offered at our EOC, and I don't have the date of the next one, but it, it is uh, it is on our calendar when when we set that. So okay. and there's a sign up portal because obviously we have to know how many instructors. And I want to say that we had almost 40 people in our last one that we did on June the second. So you know you're talking about probably three months from now we'll have another one. We do a quarterly one free of charge. Okay. We do a first aid in the uh I think we do CPR usually first and then we follow it up after lunch with first aid. So um you know and that you know, staying alive that what people need to understand is, you know, you have to pump hard and pump fast, you know, and uh, that's that's what CPR it's streamlined now. So we're happy to teach you a class. If you have a group um, obviously, we we prefer to come out and do groups because that gives us the biggest bang for our buck that we're investing in. So if you have a group and uh, you want us to come out and, and teach at your facility, just give us a call at 983-5360, and uh, we'll get you a class scheduled and yeah. come out and teach your group CPR and first aid if you'd like. If a company has everybody trained in CPR, does that lower any insurance or does it do anything? I mean, besides the obvious benefit of being able to save a life, that's the most important thing. But I'm just thinking, you know, the, the bean counters always want to have these like a little additional benefits. Yeah, they do. Are there other other things that people get from from getting CPR training? 
Well, I mean, it, we, we talk about preparedness, so um, you always get that. But, yeah. you know, being able to save a life is huge. And, you know, what I tell people, we, we teach it in the schools. We have a, we go to the seventh graders and we teach yeah. CPR and, and AED and, um, you know, a our automatic uh, exterior defibrillator. External defibrillator. Ooh, yeah, external defibrillator. Yeah. I remember that. Because that's pretty easy to learn how to work, right? It is. It is. It is. They're, yeah. they're actually geared up. You know, you see them in airports and in malls. They're uh-huh. geared up for the layperson who can really just recognize that, hey, that's that shock thing, you know. Yeah. And you go get it, and it'll it'll talk you right through it. So. Yeah, and so people, I think, might be intimidated. They think, well, I need to be an emergency or first responder to use one. Anybody can use an AED. Anybody. It's there. You just grab I've actually seen one of these things work. You, you, you open it up. The instructions are right there. You put on the leads. You know, you hit the on button, and it says, you know, shock or not shock. I mean, right. it's, it's, and then you've got the shock button and not to do It's just right there. It's not, a, you know. Yeah. I mean, the difference is if you get trained on it, you'll be able to hook it up faster. And obviously, the faster we yeah. can we can initiate CPR and the faster we can defibrillate, the greater their chance of surviving is. So. Yeah, that's really important. So now, the, the uh, people... It's hands-free CPR. It's different than it used to be. You used to have to do the, the, the A-quick check when I got certified way back when, you know, airway, four quick breaths, and then, and then check, and then check for, for a pulse and things. But that's all changed now, right? Yeah, not hands-free, but you do not have to no, do mouth-to-mouth. That's right. Okay, so yeah. it's, it's hands-only. Excuse yeah, me, not hands-only. Hands it's a big difference. Yeah. Now, we do teach that. Obviously, there, there, are, there are cases where that just doesn't work, such okay. as... You know, when you've dealt with a drowning patient or you deal with somebody's choking. But for the most part, um, hands-only CPR is one of the things that we do teach. Oh, so it's only so you have to be breathing already. Yeah, but, Otherwise, it doesn't work, right? Well, if you're doing a choking patient, you don't know if that, that obstruction has went down or come out. So uh, we teach it where you do have to breathe for a choking patient. And obviously, with drowning, is very similar. Yeah. But, uh, but as far as the normal CPR, we do teach hands-only CPR because people are scared to you know, contract something from when they're doing mouth-to-mouth. Yeah. And, we don't want to hold somebody back from saving right, somebody we because don't. they're worried so, about... Uh, you know, and it's a real concern, too, a change of, yeah. of bodily fluid. We, yeah. we all watch, you know, CSI and all those shows. Yeah. We know what goes on out there. Yeah, yeah. we teach, um, you know, pump hard, pump fast. And, and actually, if you were to call 911 and you don't know how to do CPR, we're going to talk you through it over the phone, yeah. and that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk you through hands-only CPR. Yeah. And people be surprised, too. I mean, I had to do a Heimlich, and I, I didn't think about it. It just happened. I was just in a restaurant, and everybody's, like, staring at the person behind me. And I'm like, what's going on? It's like you immediately recognize, you know, with the, as their color changes in their face. And you just, you just go. You just do it, you know. But that's when you find out you know, who you are and what's going to happen. I think people would be surprised that, you know, you can save a life. It's not something that, uh, you know, don't panic, don't worry, just do it. And you're, you're better off doing something than nothing. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That is right. Hurricane scenario. Uh, let's get back to it. So, so now this is approaching the shoreline and uh, the news is saying, you know, possible landing at some point. Let's, 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 let's say 24 hours out. What, what should we be doing? At yeah, that so point? actually we start about 96 hours out. Okay. And, and we have our checklist. You can start 96 hours. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and we start working it down from there because okay. we have to, uh, de- you know, depending on lots of things, that we're doing daily conference calls, multiple conference calls okay. with our weather partner, which our area is the National Weather Service out of Mobile, and they're giving us the latest and greatest um, anticipated track, and then we're making our decisions based on that. So we start at 96, and then we start... How many you, days is that for those, those that do, don't do math well? Um, that looks like four to me, if I do my math right. So, I'll, calculate um, it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, 
So we start then, and we start. That's when we start our preparedness discussions and all that. And then when we get to the seventy-two hour mark, it triggers a few more. And then um, you know, as you get two days out with the forty-eight hour, um, you know, we we have for our evacuation zones, which we need to go back and talk about that a little more. But our evacuation zone, it's going to take us in a worst case scenario of about. 12 and a half to 13 hours to get people out of our evacuation. So so we're going to base our evacuation decision on that along with, you know, we don't want people evacuating at night. So we 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 might pull that trigger at 24 hours out and say you need to evacuate now. So when you get an evacuation order, how much time do you have to physically get in your car and start driving? Well, you know, yeah. for our area, we tell people to evacuate tens of miles and not hundreds of miles. So you, yeah, know, you don't you, have to go that far, do you? Yeah, you just get to get out of the surge zone. And that, okay. that surge zone, you can find out if you live in a surge zone or if you're just interested in know where the surge zones are, you can go to our website, www.santarosa.fl.gov, and you can click on the Know Your Zone. And we're doing some modifications there, so stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we have some cool graphics that that show, uh, you know, if, if we're predicted to get a uh, eight-foot surge, okay. um, what that would look like there in your surge zone. Can you take your GPS and figure out how high you are and use that as a guide to, if it's like, if you're 10 feet above sea level and you've got a 12-foot surge coming, can you use that as any kind of guide or no? I guess you could if you have a really precise GPS. Just understand that there's variables in every GPS unit, so... You know, the ones that we we use LIDAR to get our flood zones. Okay. Um, and, and that's a, uh, a refractory light dispersing. I got my elevation right here. Right. Yeah. So it just depends on how, you know, close your GPS unit is. Is okay. that where the end? Yeah, three, that's nine feet. That's like yeah. oh, actually the 10 feet. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big difference. Then. It is so, a big difference. So if you don't have so an accurate, so that's not going to work. Depending on how accurate your GPS is. Okay. But, but our... Our flood zones on our map are using the latest and greatest information that you can get, and that's with the with the state flying a lidar um, equivalent over our county. So I mean, it, it it's down to the okay. I'm looking at the colors. You've got red, yellow, and blue. What do those mean? Yeah, so we have flood zones A through E, and A is obviously the closest to the water. So, you know, if, if you live right, if you can see the water, you're probably in an A unless your your topography goes up rapidly. You're okay. looking over a cliff, but um, it have, is based on yeah. the mean, mean high tide, okay. and it goes up from there. So if you live with a, you know, on, on a on an area that it goes up fairly rapidly. Like some of our areas along, I'm thinking of War Basin Road and those, it, it gets up fairly fast, but then you can go right around the curve and uh, what might have been an A or a B zone um, might go up to an E fairly rapidly. What so do those mean? Just the further you get away or the higher you get from, from the mean high tide, okay. um, you get up to an E. So A is the lowest, you know, you're just barely above the mean high tide line. Okay. So if you're in a zone, uh, are you going to give alerts per zone when there's a hurricane? It, we could, um, depending on the information we get. They are getting a lot better and, and more detailed information to us. Okay. So we're going to base that on the surge zone. So we might do an A-B evacuation. We might have to go up to a C. It really depends on what they're predicting. Now, we're going we're gonna to take a margin of error in there and uh, understand that you know, hurricanes can change. Like we saw for those of 
us who can remember the Opal time frame way uh-huh. back in the in the mid nineties. I mean, that thing blew up overnight. You know, and uh, it increased, um, you know, 40, 50, 60 mile an hour overnight. So we went from expecting a little hurricane into a major hurricane in about, well, eight hours, I think it was. So these things can change pretty quickly. They can. So so just pay attention, and and we're constantly monitoring and and, uh, in tune with our weather partners, and we're pushing out the latest information that we have. Okay. Let's take a little break here and let's see if anybody wants to call in. 850-623-1330. 850-623-1330 is the number. And we'll see. We have about uh, eh, 10, 12 minutes when we get back so we can cover anything you think needs covering uh, at that particular time. My guest, Brad Baker, Emergency Management uh, Director and Sarah Whitfield, Public Information Office of Santa Rosa County. And we will be right back. Thank you. That's eight dog world's greatest producer. Having way too much fun with us once again. Brad Baker's here from Emergency Management and Sarah Whitfield from Public Information of Santa Rosa County. Also, recent storms remind us that Mother Nature strikes at a moment's notice. How strong is your hurricane insurance? Beck Partners is here to help. All right, let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, we want to talk about flood insurance. You want to talk? Yeah, about let's let's, let's, let's do that. Off of that, well, means, means you just gave that good advertisement. It there. Makes sense to me. There we go. Uh, so. Back in 2014, we had a uh, we had a flash flooding event. I think we got 26 flash flood. What's that? 26 inches of rain in just under 24 hours in that's the uh, Gulf Breeze Midway and a little bit in the Pace area. So that's a lot of rain in a short amount of time. Yeah. So uh, that's the first time I got introduced to a flash flood emergency in my career. Surprise! Surprise! I didn't even know it existed, but. Yeah. So but how we fast had about, the worst. yeah. We had about eighty percent of our folks in that disaster that did not have flood insurance. So okay. basically what you need to think about flood insurance is uh you live in the state of Florida and you probably walked outside this morning if you live anywhere in Santa Rosa County and it was a little mushy in your yard. Mm-hmm. Um so we all live in a flood zone. So uh, we've been talking about surge zones and A through E and all that, but that's really based on if you live around a body of water, a river, oh, okay. or a, a bay, the Gulf. So the whole state's uh, kind of a flood zone, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So remember, if if you don't live in a surge zone or a flood zone, you still live, you, you're, you have a chance to get flooded. And if you do not have flood insurance, rising water, rainfall water is not going to be covered on your insurance. So get flood insurance. If you don't live in one of those zones, it'll be cheaper. Uh, If you do live in one of those zones, um, our county government is doing everything we can to help save you money. We are a class five in the community rating system. How do you do that? And uh, we do that by many different things. First of all, our building code and, and how we adopt it. We've adopted free board and uh, we do all we can with emergency management to get our, uh, it's called 610 points. So it's all that we do for preparedness and having a floodplain plan and floodplain management. And we have a floodplain manager in our county. So we're doing everything we can to get your highest 
um, deduction that you can for flood insurance. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, people don't think of it because they're just waiting for FEMA to write a check. And it, doesn't, it just doesn't work that easily. Let's get Keith on the line. Keith, you have a, you have a question? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Well, how are you today? Good, good, good. I got two questions, actually. The first one is, I know they always say the first 72 are on you, but what, are, what, what kind of plans are implemented after those first 72 that, that are, are done by the county entities or anything? Is there some sort of, like, stations where you can, like, pick up water or ice and stuff like that if available? Yeah. And let's take that question. question no, I, hang on to that. Let's, let's get one at a time. That way okay. we give a chance to answer it. So uh, first 72 and then what? <laughs> yeah, so, so we do have a plan. Now, in the past, uh, it was food, water, and ice. The state of Florida has kind of got out of the ice business, but uh, you will get food and water because that's really what sustains your life. Uh, the ice is just a convenience and uh, not that it is not critical for several people. So, for instance, instance if you have diabetes you know your medication needs to stay chilled out so uh there will be uh you know we'll make provisions as we can for ice but you know we we will have food and water uh, before your 72 runs out so and that's really what sustains you okay and keith you another one yeah and the second question do y'all use um are y'all implementing um drones for any type of recovery or overview of anything Uh, is that being implemented at any time we I love this question. This is great. Because uh, drones are being used for all kinds of different things. They you can are. Search and rescue. You can find people. You can photograph stuff. You know, who knows what you can do with them soon. Yeah, we have a couple of our agencies that already have drones. Obviously, there are some restrictions to that. But we are working out a uh, damage assessment okay. um, use of the drones. And um, so we're working that right now. And if we were to have a disaster, I would I would think we would use that in certain areas. Obviously, we are limited as to what we can do. There's a little more regulations on government flying drones than no, than just, the normal citizen, but uh, we do have that in our disaster plan. And obviously, we've seen from other disasters where damage assessment is really yeah. quick using a drone. So. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right now. Hey, hey, let's go back to that points of distribution. Sure. So uh, we do have a plan, and, and uh, you, you'll see them you know, in our disaster guide and all that. But once again... Every disaster is different, so follow us on our Facebook, our Twitter, our web page, or if we do activate for disaster, 983-INFO, uh, that's 983-4636. Remember that number. We'll spin that up, and we will give you the latest and greatest information because we're not going to open all pods. Our kind of new philosophy is if, if there's a, a point of distribution. Okay, good. So, if the Publix is open and they've got generator and they're selling stuff, then we're on our way to recovery. So it, it's okay. not about just giving stuff out. We're giving out life-sustaining, but uh, we're not going to open next to a Publix or a Walmart that is selling that. So, I mean, it's really about sustaining your life, and if you could okay. go buy it, then that's what we encourage. Yeah, so what should people buy now? Just, just, just what, should people, what should people have around the house? So really non-perishable stuff, such as canned food, how much, water. How much per uh, Enough that uh, for, for you and your family to sustain 72. Like he, like he said, okay. the first 72 is on you. That's kind of a, a slogan that we've used for years. So that means that you should be able to feed and uh, keep your family hydrated for 72 hours okay. uh, while we work on getting those disaster relief supplies mm-hmm. in here. If people don't know, like how much water does the average person need per day? So if you had 72 hours, like a normal adult, typical, what, 170-pound adult, like this is like average right now. So how much water would they need per day? I don't remember the exacts on that, but I want to say something like 
I think it it's one gallon of water per person per day okay. for at least three days. So that's yeah, that's so the you minimum three, you would need, right? Yeah. yeah so and, you need three gallons on hand of clean water. Of course, there's a bunch of ways to do it. We have it in our disaster guide. For example, you know you can you can clean water with with bleach, okay. you know, and, and purify it with the bleach. So. Um, I think it's a teaspoon of bleach, or 16 drops is what I th- we normally teach. It's 16 drops per gallon. Shake it up, let it sit for about 30 minutes, and then you kind of think about it like if you have a pool. Um, you know, if you can if you can take that that water and smell it, and there's still chlorine in it, that means it's probably purified because there's some residual. You okay. smell it, and there's no it's either cloudy or there's no chlorine smell to it. Yeah. Um, then you probably haven't purified it all the way, so put 16 more drops in, shake it up, let it sit for 30 minutes. So Okay. You know, this is all in disaster preparedness. Guys. It is. So how do it people is. get that? So uh, they can go to our website. There's an interactive version on there, and you can flip okay. right through the pages on it, or you can uh, call our uh, office and or come by and see us. We're at 4499 Pine Forest Road, and we have those available, and, and we'll give them out. And if you have a large group, we'll give you a case of them. You can give them out to everybody in your group. Yeah, so. and it's available online, too. People it is. Can read it. Okay. Really neat, interactive. You can kind of flip the pages and really cool little thing on it. Yeah, like I said, I went to your Tropic Town Hall. It was kind of cool uh, to be able to get, to get that whole, just the amount of information was, was staggering that you guys have and working with the Weather Service and everything else. Yeah, that was, a, that was a, a neat of, deal. It was our first yeah. try at that, so maybe we'll do it again next year. Yeah. Well, I like the idea, you know, it, maybe you guys can Facebook it next time. I got tired of holding my, my phone up, but it, uh, it worked out well, so we're going to be more organized. We have about a minute or so. Anything, you know, you want to tell folks anything we haven't covered at this point? Uh, first of all, we've already covered it. Be prepared. Yeah. I mean, that's the key that we we're out here for is the better you're prepared, the better our county is prepared. Mm-hmm. And then follow us. Just follow us on Facebook, Twitter, our website, www.santarosa.fl.gov. If we have an activation, the line to call is 983-INFO, 983-4636. And, uh, you know, if you need some help getting prepared or getting your organization prepared or your group Call us nine eight three five three six zero. We'll be okay. happy to come out and talk. Yeah, generators are those uh, a good idea generally, or is yeah, more trouble? Are. Okay, they are good. Just remember, make sure you have it wired correctly because after I can't remember if it was Ivan or Dennis, we had a power um, company individual that got killed because people had their they were backfeeding the power. So make sure you have the have it wired correctly. Okay. So if you want to be prepared, contact the Santa Rosa County Emergency Management folks. Thank you, Brad. All right. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate having you here. And uh, I found the Facebook thing. I'll be posting that in just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so anytime, you know. That's how it was. Um, it was fascinating. That was again back in 2018, and so I had a great time uh, with that interview. So I'm going to see if I can find the uh, the Facebook video. Uh, I'll talk to Sarah, who I'm still in touch with. Brad, yeah, he's out there somewhere. You can go up and get Brad too. But uh, the emergency management Facebook page of Santa Rosa County. Uh, I'll probably have to scroll back a bit, or I'll see if Sarah has it. Or maybe they have a search thing. I can just look for it. But I'm kind of curious because uh, they videotaped it right in the studio of WBY. 
and that would be one of the few live videos that we did from there. So that, that'd be interesting to see, and I'll post that so people can see uh, how it went back then. Now it's its home. <laughs> you know, like I got the, the computer. I got the, it's basically the same thing, except I'm doing the production as well. So I've got the computer screen with the buttons and the calls and the phone numbers as opposed to just being able to concentrate on the guests. It's a little bit different. But that's how it was. Anyway, I'm going to stop the show a little bit early because I'm done. <laughs> I've said everything I want to say. Remember, everything is a psyop, you know, a psychological operation. And when someone accuses you of a conspiracy theory, you can just say, well, you, that's just part of your psyop. And what do you mean? And, you know, and just and don't, don't say a thing. That's just, you're just saying that as part of your psyop, your psychological operation. And then, then and so in other words, you bounce exactly uh, back to them, what they've sort of bounced to you with the requirement of them to say something then and explain themselves. See, if you, if they say that's a conspiracy theory, you feel compelled to, you know, either say why it's not or, or what's going on and then you lose. So you're not supposed to explain these things. It's like when someone says you're not an expert, you know, do you, or do you know as much as a Supreme Court judge? Well, I'm an expert in some things. And uh, let's compare, you know, my expertise with their expertise and let's see how it shakes out, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> you know, or, or the, the, the argument I had with someone on Facebook, you know, that, uh, you know, Nazis are, are, are right wing. I said, really? I've just proved that they're left wing. And uh, all you're doing is citing sources that are wrong. <laughs> you know, I said, prove your sources are right. Well, what do you mean? They're sources. Well, I don't care. Well, they're from university. They're from uh, whatever it was. And it's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, I said, they're wrong. I've already proved they're wrong with logic and reason. I said, give me a logic and reason argument for your position that Nazis are right wing. And they couldn't do it. Why? Because they're not. <laughs> you know, so there are always, always ways to handle these kind of things. But uh, PSYOPs are going to go on. So speaking of PSYOPs, psychological operations, Trump is uh, speaking, is doing the CNN thing tonight. And uh, I, I, I didn't have to miss part of it, but uh, I'll, be, I'll certainly catch the video. I'm sure we'll be talking about that tomorrow. But uh, the PSYOP is going to be, it's supposed to be Republicans you know, questioning uh, Trump. And knowing CNN, I would say that everybody there, or at least some of them, will be Democrat plants. They, they won't be Republicans at all. And so C CNN is going to arrange, in fact, if I knew CNN, they're probably going to arrange for all of the questioners to be Democrat plants. And I'm sure Trump knows that. I'm sure he's ready for it. That's why this is going to be so much fun. So we'll see what happens with that, see what's going on. And it should be an interesting time. Anyway, I'm done. I've had fun. And so no calls except for Wendy. Uh, and uh, I guess Marco's out and Pianchi's busy. But uh, we'll see what's going on tomorrow. Uh, don't know tomorrow. I might have the whole three hours to myself. I'm not quite sure yet. We'll figure it out, as we always do. And remember, our website's here, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. And you also want to go to our legislative site, which is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. And our, our uh, uh, substack, gregpengles.substack.com. Uh, would appreciate uh, a, a paid subscription if you can do that. Five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, whatever works. Um, and then, of course, we have a contribution givesendgo.com slash action radio, and my email greg at writeyourlaws.com. Um, that should do it. Let's get our musical selection to send us out of here, and I will see you tomorrow morning, seven a.m. Central Time. <laughs>
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.